Log Talk Radio.
had to play that because first of all, those drums are fucking ridiculous. I mean, I don't care what you think about Beyonce, those drums are ridiculous. And it's a good motivational beat song. But you know what? It's funny. Right now, Twitter, and by the way, thanks to everyone on Twitter. I'm getting a lot of love and retweets on Twitter. I just found Yay. out that we have a hashtag. <laughs> I just found out we have you a do? hashtag. Well, Kim just gave me one on Black. If you follow Black Free Thinkers on uh, Twitter, which is BLK Free Thinkers, which you guys should all be following. Um, Kim just tweeted the hashtag. Uh, my hashtag is on Blast DFT. So if you want to follow the conversation on Twitter, hashtag Blast uh, hashtag on Blast DFT. Thanks and shout out to Kim for that. Um, right now, we're gonna go ahead and uh, introduce our panelists. And uh, the way, in case you forgot what you were listening to, you're listening to On Blast Vita Star, and I'm Vita Star. And my guest co-host tonight is Emily Musso, also from Black Free Thinkers Radio. And, uh, Hello, world. We... <laughs> you have to say what's up to the world. But before Em even gets to her segment, which is definitely going to be dope because Em is dope, um, let's introduce these panelists. So first up, we have MC Brooks. He is a talented rap artist. He is a he's one of the hosts of The Breakbeat, you know, which is also here on Black Radio. He and I are also members of the collective Grand Unified Theory, so he's my GU fan. So let's uh, go ahead and give Brooks a, a nice welcome. Welcome, Brooks. MC Brooks. What up? What up? Oh, just for just for the record, I'm running Twitter tonight, so give me my credit. Oh, that was you. <laughs> I thought that was. Kim. That's all me. Oh, no know, help. That's all gotta me. Gotta give MC Brooks his credit, um, even though. I, I kind of got beef with him, but we'll get we'll get to the beef. We'll get to the beef. In fact, we'll beef. <laughs> we can't have nice as things. Soon, as soon as I introduce this next guest, I'm going to get into my beef with Brooks. So next, <laughs> we have the other half of the book, Noah Jones, a.k.a. Teeny Noah Jones. So you guys might hear me refer to her as Teeny and Noah. I know I fucked up her shit, but she understand. you understand. She is also a talented writer and blogger. Her blog, loudishness.com, highlights and discusses atheism, humanism, religion, politics, random-ish, pop culture, when she feels like it. And, of course, welcome to the phone. Yo. Hi. That was fun. Hello, Yo. What up, fellow breakbeat co-host? Right. Uh, and, and, by the way, she's on the break on blast. She should be an on blast with me, the star co-host, but, you know, whatever. Uh, he knows where that, home is. That's my beef with him. He stole somebody I wanted. I looked up, and she, she's on his show. I was like, what? What the fuck is this? She's she's she slipping. You guys are going to love her on the show. You guys are going to love her on the show because she's amazing. Her blog, loudishness.com fucking amazing. You have to check it out. I stalked so, that blog, uh, you guys. I stalked that blog so hard. I'm not even ashamed. So I'm blessing. You guys, I'm <laughs> blessing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But you know what? If you didn't do that, I would read it. Like, seriously, the only reason I read it is because you kept tagging me in it. I wonder if people tagging me in this shit. Then I, was, I actually read it. I was like, damn, this is dope. So I'm actually really glad that you did, you know, uh, spam us on Facebook with your blog. That's cool. Also, 
Also tonight we have Bruce Bruce Smith. He is a hip-hop journalist and a very proud resident and representative of Long Beach. He is Long Beach, California. He is the founder and creator of realityisreal.com, where he discusses everything from hip-hop to sports to whatever else he feels is important to share. He also hosts Reality is Real Hip-Hop and Reality is Real Sports Talk radio shows on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show, Bruce Smith. Good evening. And by the way, there's only one Long Beach that matters, so you don't have to say California because any other city that goes by Long Beach doesn't really matter. Oh, we're already starting with the division and segregation. It's too early for this. <laughs> well, I, I have to, I have to, I have to try to be proper because now I'm wearing glasses, and everybody knows people who wear glasses are proper. So I don't want any problems. <laughs> Let me go put my glasses on real quick. Let me go get my glasses. <laughs> You know, and the glass last. is like an RPG. It's like an RPG thing, like intelligence plus 400. Exactly. Yeah. I just I leveled up. I gained more experience points <laughs> in my glasses. All right. Now, if these nerds will stop talking about their glasses, I can introduce the last guest. Uh, and last but not least, we have an on-blast first-timer, and I hope she's ready, Jasmine Keat. I hope I said that right. I said Keat. <laughs> she is a YouTuber. Mm-hmm that speaks on a number of issues, including atheism and feminism. You can find her channel at youtube.com slash user slash JP Keith. Welcome to the show. Are you ready? I'm going to put Jasmine on um, I, the link to um, Jasmine's YouTube in the chat box if anyone wants to check that out. That's oh, great. And so we'll tweet greetings and salutations fellow members of the Negro community. See, I, I wear glasses, too, so I'm trying to be, trying to sound as proper and respectable as possible. <clears throat> you know, politics, that's what we love here. No, I'm just playing. That's what mm-hmm. we talk much of on this show. You know, all about being that respectable well, Negro. No, not really. <laughs> All you people no. with glasses. Absolutely you know not. what? Don't let, no. By the way, let me just say this. Don't let my Facebook and Twitter profile fool you. I do not actually need glasses. Like, those are my, <laughs> I just think glasses are hella Yeah, Vita told That's me about right. the deception a couple months ago, and I was like, I know the Shiko 2020 vision isn't lying to the world trying to be one of us. <laughs> hey, that's the big two of us. Team Damn, that kind of makes me feel like, yeah, that kind of makes me feel a certain way because I need glasses. Otherwise, I can't really see that far. So. See, oh, me and Vita could be a united front and be Team 2020, but she got beef over, you know, her own reasons. That's why so it's you all can't good. have nice things, Vita. That's why you can't have nice things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Team 2020, we in here. All right, that's what it is. Enough of this ganging up on Vita thing. Let's get to M's hot headlines. M, what you got for us? All right, I have some juicy headlines for you guys tonight. I'm going to link the first one right here in the chat box, and it's about our favorite little um, new black actress. Um, she goes by the name, or her name is Kavenzene um, Wallace. For those who have never heard of Kavenzene Wallace, she did win, I believe it was an Oscar for her role in Beast of the Southern Wild. Um, it was a film that was released, um, I believe, it was summer 2012, and Kamenzene was kind of under the radar for a little while, and now um, she's going to star in the film remake of Annie. She will be starring as a title character, Annie, um, alongside with Jamie Foxx as Benjamin Stacks, a.k.a. Daddy Warbucks, and um, Cameron Diaz will be starring as Miss Hannigan. 
Um, so it's yeah. kind of a huge deal. We all know we got to be ready for the racists to come out of the closet talking about, oh, my God, they took a historically black character. I mean, white character, and they made her black. Oh, God, white Jesus can't take it. <laughs> so, um, oh, my so, God, yeah, I can't believe that. this. They have this black Annie, and, like, her hair is not even red, and, like, her skin is just so black. And you know what? You know what? They could have gotten a black Miss Hannigan too, but no, they want to make white women look bad. Oh, and you, well, you see how they do us? Well, Every time we give these colored people something, they try to turn it against us. Pretty well, much. Cameron, no. Cameron Diaz isn't even white, though. She's like half Mexican or something, right? Yeah. 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 You know, doesn't claim, does she claim and that? Cameron Diaz after? is from Long She's Beach, Cuban. so I'll let it slide. She's Cuban. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she 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 is she is white. I mean, most Cubans are white. Um, yeah. oh, okay. She's a, she's, she's oh, okay. a white Cuban. Yeah, yeah. she's a white oh, Cuban. Um, and the thing about okay. it too, um, I think I think she'd be okay. great for the role of Miss Hannigan. I think um, Kalindine Wallace is a great actress, and Jamie Foxx has proven himself several times over. We don't even need to talk about um, the fact that he's a great actor. Um, but you know, and you know, no one ever ever really says anything when um, historical black characters, especially um, characters based on people who actually existed, are whitewashed. But you know, everyone's gonna have something to say because this little black girl is playing Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's gonna get their little um, panties in a bunch. It's gonna be a huge scene. But I, I have really high hopes for this remake of Annie. The original was a bit like hokey for me. I understand that it made sense at the time that it was filmed but you know it's not it's no longer relevant um so whether or not it was a black cast that movie needed to be remade period in my opinion you know what you know what let me tell you something i actually like the original annie um i, I anything i mean come on jay-z use a, a song that samples i mean use a beat that sampled annie yeah. and you can't you, you got i mean come on that's that's right there yeah i'm sorry but hard knock life was probably one of the best songs that he ever ever produced <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. definitely. No doubt, no high. doubt. I disagree, but, but I, it's cool. <laughs> no, I disagree, but I was, but this is, but this isn't a hip hop show, so I'm not gonna even get into that because I will totally just take this show left field. <laughs> but I will say this: it's always it's interesting because I remember the backlash. What was that movie? Um, Hunger Games. Over a character that yep, Hunger Games with Rue. Yeah, yeah, and the thing about it is anyone who read the book Hunger Games, like I did, knows that Rue and everyone in her district are supposed to be black. Yeah, they're supposed to be black. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. and, that was, and, and, and that was, that's what was interesting about the, the response, right? I mean, the character was black in the book, and they were upset about that. No, do you but even read? No one got mad, but what trust me about that shit, though, is nobody got mad. When, well, not nobody. The Asian community was mad, or people of color were mad when Airbender was, was that's the last and what's the name of that movie where all the characters are the white. last airbender yeah because the show yeah. is based on avatar um he's not supposed to be white he, he is um he looks he looks um, like oriental like a chinese or um korean descent maybe japanese and the right. uh, the, uh, the water tribe which is supposed to um which are based loosely off of native americans or indigenous peoples they were all right. white <laughs> Everybody, yeah, basically, basically all the good guys were white, and all the bad guys were people of color. So. Yeah, all the all the bad guys were um were, were Southeast Asian. Keep in mind that oh, it's historically in a lot of films, white people play people of color. They play Native Americans in films. Yep. They play Asians in films. They play black people in films. 
I think oh, one of the biggest yeah. blows and what led to what led to the historical wa- whitewashing of Egyptians in film was when Cleopatra. Elizabeth Taylor played Cleopatra. And now right. most Americans think that this is what Egyptians actually look like. Well, the funny thing is, um, I actually I'm sort of into like the historical like Greek mythology type movies. But one of the things that bothers me is that we get so many of those movies and we don't get any movies about Egypt other than like the shitty ass mummy movies. So I was yeah. looking it up and I was trying to find out like, you know, like how come we don't get any of these movies? So I found one actually. Uh it hasn't come out yet and I don't know if it's ever gonna come out, but it's called The Last Pharaoh and it stars Will Smith. So uh I've seen some conversations on the movie and one of the themes that I kept seeing where people were like how is Will Smith going to play a pharaoh? Everybody knows the pharaohs weren't black, they're Egyptian. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't yeah. really get in that conversation. This was before I had glasses, but I still had, you know what I'm saying, some class. I had to step out of that conversation because I was like, I don't even want to go there, you know, with the whole Egypt is in Africa thing. But, you know, it is what it is. Yep. I mean, it, I agree. It did yeah, and, 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 and the majority of Egyptians were um, – did look like the typical um, um, East African before the Arab invasion, yeah. and people don't yeah. understand okay. the Arabs came came to that country came to that country came to that continent before Europeans did. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, let's get to the next news topic. Bubbles to burst. Let's go to the next news topic. Again. The next news topic. Um, let me put that in the chat box as well. Is about the upskirt photos. A court recently ruled that upskirt photos are legal. And for those who don't know what upskirt photos are, it's basically a little bit what it sounds like. It's um, photos where um, a, a person might put their phone or their, their camera phone or their, or, or their camera underneath a woman's skirt and snap a picture in public. And if she doesn't see or whatever, or she gets upset about it, well, the picture's been taken and it's now legal. Um, this is obviously um, much to do about the topic of feminism, um, black or otherwise, because, um, well, there's a lot of dudes wearing skirts out here. <laughs> this, is, this is a huge blow um, for women everywhere, um, the fact that, you know, you can have somebody pretty much um, legally take um, photos of, you know, underneath your skirt. Right. Uh, well, I'm interested in hearing how... Uh the fellas feel about that. Oh, now, the reason why I'm saying that is because this is uh, something, it's one of those things where I feel like women are, are have to deal with a lot of street harassment in general. I mean, that's something we've dealt with for a long time. And I think that sometimes it seems like, at least it seems like only because, in, it, maybe because it's public or it's something that's happening in public, that it seems like sometimes the guys that are around, there are guys who are okay with it. And I'm kind of curious to kind of get a, a guy's perspective on something like this, like, like occurring to women. Like, this is something that you guys don't have to worry about. Very few men wear skirts. So this isn't something that's an issue that necessarily affects you, but it's something that I'm interested in getting your perspective on. Like, this is something you don't even have to think about, but we have to think about this stuff. So I want to go to, I want to, go to uh, Brooks first, and then I'll go to Bruce. I think it's ridiculous. And without even really reading the story, I tried to skim it, but it, it doesn't look like there was a, a summed up, uh, summed up answer as to what the, the the logic behind it is. But I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't under, I don't I don't understand how you could justify 
saying that it's okay for someone to take photos of not not only just a person's body parts, but of a person, period, without their consent, without their permission, without any real justification. You know, it's I think that's ridiculous. I don't. It, it, it's sad, honestly. I think it's really sad because you know, really? as much as women have to you know are, are constantly um, continue to fight for equality, there's you know we still get stories like this that come out. Every year, where you know, where basically women's vo- women's voices and concerns are basically silenced, and are basically told, yeah, you know, it makes you uncomfortable, but it doesn't really matter what you think. I think it's ridiculous. Right. Bruce, what's your what's your view on that? Well, the thing is, I mean, I don't really, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't do the Kanye and rock the kilt, so it's not really an issue I, I'd have to deal with myself, but. <laughs> Um, I read the article, and one of my main problems, I mean, it, it's very obvious that it's wrong, but the problem is uh, interpretation of law, and uh, it's an issue that comes up a lot, and, you know, uh, sometimes Christians have issues with interpretation of the Bible, but basically the reason why it was okay is because the law says that you're not allowed to take pictures of somebody partially nude, you know, without them knowing. And the guy got off because the person was fully clothed. They are partially nude under the clothes. And, you know, that's what he did. So, therefore, the person was fully clothed. And I I just, it it makes me a little nervous because it's like, it's the manipulation of, of wording and law, you know what I'm saying, that this guy can get off. So, it's like, how many other times has this happened where wording has been used for somebody to get away with something that's very obviously wrong? You know, and now that right. this is out there, you know what I'm saying, what's this now, now guys are like, well, you know, clearly I can legally do this. So, you know, uh-huh. it getting out there, now guys who are, like, sneaky about it might not be as sneaky because they know by law, because the way law operates is they'll say, well, you know, this guy, he's in here for, you know, taking upskirt photos. Well, according to such and such versus the state of blah, 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 it's all good. So um, in the story, they said that they're going to look to change the wording on it. You know what I'm saying? The reality is any weirdo that would do something like that, he's going to get caught for something else, but they really need to get towards adjusting that law, you know. And, and I, it, it's a tricky spot because, I mean, you could say that, like, yeah, it's clearly wrong and the guy should go to jail, but then you get a situation where people are just using laws however they want and that can be used in another way, you know, like, where they manipulate things to get, like, poll taxes and things of that nature. So um, I think they really need to address that and change that law ASAP, the wording of it, because a lot of the laws are just outdated anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. These laws are created in, in, you know, other times where, you know, you had to have a, a camera to take a picture and things of that nature. Now, you know, there's all sorts of spy cams out there and stuff. If you really wanted to get one, it's it's a crazy world. I think they need to look at all laws, and there needs to be somebody who just looks at laws in general and updates. Right. So we don't have to get to a right. situation like this where it's like, oh, well, according to the law, it's all good. We really need to change the law, but it's all good for now. Yeah. Like, no, they should have people who just look at the laws in general to update them to today's times. Right. They um, need to be. I, the language has, should be very specific. So that you don't get an issue where anyone can interpret it a certain way, where you can read it and clearly, and it'll clearly tell you doing this in any way, shape, form, or fashion for any reason whatsoever is against the law. 
I'm at, um, right now, I just want everybody to know, because I have callers calling in, and I'm, we're going to get to you. We are, I promise. Just hang on with us. For those of you guys who do want to call in and join the discussion, um, or at least, you know, give your comments, the number is 310-982-4273. The chat room is also open. You can use the chat room to leave your comments, or you uh, talk to us on Twitter. Um, MC Brooks created the hashtag, uh, on, what is it, OnBlastBFP. So hashtag OnBlastBFP. Yes if you want to be in the conversation on Twitter. So there's ways to get your comments to us if you don't feel like waiting on the line or if you don't, you know, call in. Uh, so you can put it in the chat room, put it on Twitter, um, however you feel you need to do it. But it's a, the calls are actually on the line right now. Um, first of all, if you want to speak, you have to press 1. If you don't press 1, I'm going to assume you just want to listen. Also, um, we're going to get to you in a minute. So we're going to wrap up the news segment with the last story Em's going to give us. And then uh, we'll get to the callers. But I want the uh, I would like the other uh, panelists to weigh in on the conversation. And I want to start with Jasmine. What is your response to this law? The fact that this, that it's totally legal to do this to take upskirt pictures in Boston. It's uh, it's not very great news. I'm I'm pretty disturbed by it because uh, just skimming through it and also and also listening to what um to what Bruce said, um, it, it definitely seems like due to a play with words on, oh, it depends on what the definition of this word is. Uh, people are pretty much uh, manipulating words and vocabulary to get away with uh, with preying on people. And it's just, it's just, it's very troubling. It's very troubling. And the law itself definitely needs to uh, definitely needs uh, to be looked at so that uh, we could do something about this. Because it's just, it's, you know, it's because it's just, yeah, like I can't imagine this like getting on the train and having to worry about, you know, having to keep my legs closed or, you know, not that I, you know, having to, you know, pay more attention to people around me and make sure that no one's trying to, you know, take pictures of, of you know, my panties if I'm wearing a skirt. It's just... You know, we have enough to worry about with being catcalled and harassed and, you know, all sorts of stuff, so. Yeah, and and that's the other mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, we have to, now there's more that we have to. It's already bad enough we're already blamed with something happened to us, right? Well, you shouldn't have wore your yeah. shirt too low, your shirt was too short, your jeans were too tight, um, and we get that anyway. But now it's like we can't even just wear a dress or wear a skirt. Like, it's like, and it's on us. That's the other thing. This makes it now my responsibility to make sure that I'm not photographed in a way that, um, you know, that I don't want to be. And right. now that's my responsibility. It takes it out of the law. It's not illegal for this guy to do this. So now where where does that leave me, you know? Um, Noah, did you want to weigh in? Noah? I'm sorry, my phone, I wouldn't count, my phone was messing up and wasn't coming off <laughs> mute for like the past the past five minutes. I couldn't even hear what you were saying. I don't, my phone well, got stolen last Friday, you guys. I'm sorry. Well, do you want to weigh in on the article at least? Did, did the, you hear about uh, the thing progress? Uh, the upstairs the, 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 one. Um, the upstairs the the obscure photos that's gross, um, like flat out. I don't. I just. I can't even imagine being out and wearing a dress, and somebody just taking a photo 
I got my scary. You better hope I don't have a weapon with me because <laughs> <laughs> out of you. Legal, but understand with this law is not legal to take an upskirt photo. It's still illegal for you to assault somebody. So you would be the one going. Okay, to wait a <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Are you, wait. Are you telling me they repealed a law for this to be legal? No, the no law was repealed. Basically, wait, a, a law. law was interpreted so that it, it it pretty much says that this is legal because the person's not naked. Um, they're not nude. Um, yeah, they're, they're not partially nude. nude. They have clothes they're on. Not, yeah, they have clothes on. You just happen to be taking a picture of them in an area that is barely covered or that, you know, is just covered with underwear. So if a person snaps so, the camera of your skirt, of you, of, under your skirt while you're wearing a skirt, and you, you know, you get violent with them over that, that's you <laughs> that might be going to jail, not them. Right, because they're perfectly within their legal right to do it. And that's, that's what, the, is this everywhere? I'm sorry, is this an everywhere thing? Noah, in Massachusetts? Noah, Noah, you need to either hear the show or read the articles. Like, this is... <laughs> Uh, no, my phone. Like, huh? My phone was my phone was messing up. Like I have a different phone. My phone got stolen last week, so my phone has been messing up. Oh, that's I, that's right. why I was trying I to. I can vouch for that. She, I yeah. can vouch for that. She actually did tell me that way before. Her phone was acting. Her phone was acting. Yeah. Stolen, and then it got stolen. And this phone is this phone is really stupid. But yeah, uh, okay. I I didn't have time yeah, to scan that article. Girl. Yeah, I had I had my toddler all day. Um, just okay. a little boxing, no, I hear pretty you. Much. I hear you. No, no, Noah did tell me about her phone. I, I apologize for giving you a hard time, but you did tell me about that. But um, I do want to uh, move on to the next story because we're actually really short on time. We're past the time that I actually had for this, but I do want to get the last story in. So, Em, you want to go ahead and do that? And this time, okay. you guys, that's, um, that's, that's I'm going really to put the, I'm going to put the, yeah, I'm going to put this in the chat box. I think we spent a bit, a bit more time. Um, Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, I think we spent a bit more time on the upskirt than I wanted to. I really wanted to discuss this topic. Um, it's another article from Think Progress, and it came out today, and it's about violation on, on reproductive rights as usual, and the offender is, as usual, Texas, the Lone Star State, should be a lone state. Um, <laughs> um, Texas has shut down three more reproductive health care facilities. They've been forced to permanently close in the wake of a new state law that imposes stringent restrictions on abortion providers. The clinics are located in communities with high rates of poverty and uninsurance, leaving many vulnerable Texas women with no ready access to reproductive services. And it's not just, you know, they're not just abortion clinics. They offer, it's not, um, you know, they, they have doctors there, they have birth control there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, with the closure of another independently owned clinic in Harlingen, um, Texas is down to just 19 abortion clinics in the entire state. Um, this is a dramatic difference from the reproductive health care landscape that's just a few years back. In 2011, there were 44 facilities in Texas that offered abortion care. Wow. So, and yeah, in, in wow. three years, they've gone from 44 to 19, and that 44 was still um, a lot less than a, a couple other states. And understand, Texas is not a small state at all. It's not like Rhode Island where you can get away with, like, 19 abortion clinics, especially, as the article says, I'm considering the fact that a lot of these places where these clinics are closed are um, full of poor and uninsured people, the poor and uninsured women. So, again, it turns into a situation where if you have money, you can have access. 
Um, yeah, pretty much. You're poor, you're screwed. Even when abortion was illegal, if you had money, and usually if you're white, you had access to abortion, even though it was illegal. And a lot of women of color, a lot of poor women were forced to the back alley abortion. Um, and mm-hmm. this, it's interesting because even with it being legal, you're still seeing the same disparity. That's, that's alarming. And here's the thing. A lot of anti-abortionists or as they like to call themselves pro-life, but I, I, refer, I like to prefer the term anti-abortionist because a lot of these people are never um, anti-war when they say they're pro-life. So I'm going to say anti-abortionist. Exactly. Or the death if, you're pro, if you're pro-war or you're pro-death penalty, you're not pro-life. And what a lot of these anti-abortionists fail to realize um, or fail to take into consideration is how desperate a person must be to put their life um, at stake or put their freedom at stake in order to procure an abortion. If this person wants an abortion so badly, did you ever stop to think about why they want this abortion so badly? Well, they don't care about that, and they they can't see past their own personal mores and biases, and they don't really understand that just because they restrict access or if they permanently uh, prohibit access to abortion, that's not going to stop a woman from getting an abortion if she needs mm-hmm. one. It just means that if she doesn't have access to a clinic, if the clinic is not closer, close to where she lives because it closed down and she can't afford to drive, you know, uh, you know, 50 or so miles to the nearest clinic, then she's going to do things that put her life in danger. Um, right. Well, here's the thing, and this is an also from the article. It also says, out of the out of the 19 clinics that are still open, only six in the entire state meet the standards to qualify as an ambulatory surgical center, um, meaning that if something should um, occur during the abortion procedure or anything like that, um, you know, she would have to the woman would have to be taken to a hospital because only six of of these um, clinics. Um, would be able to perform any um, other surgical procedure on her. So if something happens, so she has to... Yeah, I mean, if her blood pressure skyrockets, if there's, if there's a complication with the fetus, or there's a complication with the woman herself, and there can often be because um, what a lot of people fail to, to inform themselves on is a, a, a lot of abortions are done out of medical necessity, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're pretty much screwed unless you're in one of those six. Right. Yep. Right. You know, and the other thing, and this kind of uh, goes into black feminism, I, I mean, have you guys, you guys remember these billboards that would say the most dangerous place for uh, an African-American baby is in the womb? You guys remember I've those? I've seen them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's, that's, and that's kind of the other tactic, like, a lot of anti-abortionists have been using is uh, targeting the black community and blaming black women for supposed genocide and the murder of black babies, when in reality – counter that. First of all, it's not genocide. <laughs> That's one. And most women who get abortions already have children. Most people don't even know that. But for some yeah. reason, they assume that it's just women who just go out partying, sleeping after sleeping with all these people, and then go to the abortion clinic instead of getting birth control. What is another thing that bugs me about this conversation? They limit the access to birth control. They don't even want to cover under Obamacare, but then they have a problem with abortion. That makes no sense to me either. Well, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, I'm, talk, I'm thinking as a former Catholic, many religious people, and Catholics and Protestants and non-Christians, don't believe in birth control. They believe that under any circumstance, if a woman has sex, whether it's consensual or not, regardless of age, regardless of who the partner is, 
um, regardless of her financial or educational status, her socioeconomic level, her level of education, then she needs to keep that baby because it's God's will. I don't understand what y'all don't understand. They don't care about the mom. If there's a fetus, <laughs> it's getting kept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. Yeah, they don't really, they don't care about the woman. It's either if you have, they don't believe in contraception, but they don't believe in abortion either. So if you, if you don't, you're, so you're basically being demonized for not using contraception. And then once you have the kid, you're demonized for having the kid. So it's just, it's just a double whammy. It's just women can't win. And then on top of that, you know, uh, thanks to all the, thanks to years of, of racist ideology and rhetoric, you know, demonizing black women, we're just, you know, we're just inferior and passing on our inferior gene to kids and doing these things deliberately to turn the country into a welfare country and take mm-hmm. all white people, all the taxpayers' money and shit. So it's just... now, re- now, religion <laughs> and contraception aside, um, what bothers me is that the same people that are um, anti-welfare are also anti-abortion. They, don't, they fail to understand, like Vita and, and, and Jasmine have mentioned, that a lot of these a lot of these women who get abortions um, already have children. It's the fact that they are not financially able to care for those children or to add another child to the mix is why they're getting an abortion because they couldn't, you know, couldn't um, get birth control. Their birth control failed, right. and they're not trying to burden themselves in this system further by adding another child to the mix. Are you going to feed that child, clothe that child, pay for that child's education? If not, you should probably stop talking. And they don't want to pay for it, you know. Um, I do want to get, uh, I, I think Bruce stepped out for a sec, had to handle something. But, uh, Bruce, I think you're still on the line. And then after Bruce, I'm going to get to the calls that are on the line before we go to the next segment. And um, for the callers that are on the line, you guys are free to comment on any of the news topics that we share today. Um, but you only get a few seconds to do that. But, uh, so, uh, Bruce, do you want to go ahead and weigh in? If, if you wanted to. I don't know if you had anything to say. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be too disrespectful to Texas. I'm just going to say that uh, I'm not really surprised that the state that it's just like, like it was said earlier, like people say they're pro-life, but Texas, the state that's known for, you know what I'm saying, uh, executing criminals is, you know, they say they're pro-life and they're trying to block abortions. Like you have to make up your mind in Texas itself. And I this I don't want to be too disrespectful to the South. I'll just say I'm not really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I love the South. I lived in Florida uh, for a year without uh, getting lynched or shot. But the South in general, it's, it's a lot of funny stuff that goes on down there, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> a lot of funny stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I, I, do, I do want to get to the callers. I look like I lost someone, actually. Um, and maybe I gained someone, too, at the same time. Um, but uh, caller, I have two callers from 562. One of them pressed one, one of them didn't, or I had two callers. Um, and then I also have an 868 that did press one. So I want to go to you first, 868. I believe I know who this is, but uh, state your name and where you are calling from. I'm calling internationally. My name is Jack, uh, Jack Meehoff. I was calling to... Basically, comment on your show. I like the idea, but I just don't think women should ever be allowed to have opinions or make decisions. It's very clear that guys are emotional creatures who should never, ever be allowed 
to make any decisions about anything. Nina, who, so, who is this Negro? Quite clearly. Ma'am. He calls control live on the radio. On the wow. <laughs> listen, listen, I just want to represent for people out there who keep it real, all right? Gentlemen who know the truth. I love how you just keep it real in the right. whitest voice possible. Definitely. My name is Jack. Jack Mehoff. I'm a white male calling from Trinidad. And I don't believe that women, especially of any other color than white, should have a decision. Thank you very much. I reside in Texas. Vote Republican. All right. Thank you Who very is this man? I, I just, I just want to say I don't think Dallas Cowboy fans should be able to have an opinion either. So Wow. Believe wow. It. That's, that's madness. But Mitt Damn. Romney 2016. Mitt Romney 2016. You guys have a great evening. Oh. Thank you. And I keep picturing Leonardo DiCaprio with him. You were great. Thank you. Oh, oh my God. Thank you. You're welcome. Wait, guys, hold on. Hold on, guys. Thank you so oh, much for calling in. That was really funny. That was really funny. I appreciate that. Um, again, I have someone... I have someone who didn't press one. So if you if you want to talk, press one. If you don't, then don't press one. Uh, if you have something you want to say, uh, we're following the Twitter. I'm following Twitter even if Brooks isn't because it looks like somebody's complaining they're going to go watch Scandal because Brooks ain't taking care of the Twitter. But <laughs> I am looking at the Twitter. <laughs> I am looking at the Twitter. But, uh, yeah, so, again, uh, feel free to comment in the chat. The only thing about the chat is you have to uh, register with Blog Talk Radio in order to comment in the chat. So if you're wondering, like, hey, I'm typing and I'm a guest, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, if that's the case, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter or go ahead and call in. I like I like getting callers. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this segment. Um, but ne- we're going to get right into the main topic right now. Uh, if you want to join in on that conversation, the number is 610-982-4273. And, again, the hashtag on Twitter is hashtag onblastbfp if you want to join the conversation. Um, right now, I want to, uh, I've got something I want to play. I think is another good song to transition us because it's a very powerful song uh, lyrically. And uh, big shout out! I believe it was Noah that suggested this song. Was that you, Noah? Queen. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and yeah. I think this is a great way to transition to the main topic. So uh, we'll be right back with the main discussion. What is black feminism? Do we need it? Why are black women involved in feminism? Should we be? All those questions we're going to answer more right after this.
All right. I totally forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, guys. But uh, welcome back, and I'm glad that you decided to stay on with us and continue to listen to the show. Um, we're going to get into this next topic and into the main topic. And, you know, this is the reason why I wanted to do this. Let me just explain this. The reason why I wanted to do this is because I see a lot of bullshit on Facebook. Some people that I'm even friends with on Facebook and in some of these groups and these conversations about feminism. And a lot of it is based off of misinformation and, and things that are nowhere near even true. And, you know, this idea that, you know, we're trying to bring down the black man and, you know, it's all kinds of stuff that I've heard. Um, in that, you know, this is a white woman's issue and this has nothing to do with us. And I definitely want to address a lot of those myths and misconceptions. Um, but I do want to get to get into what is feminism, what is black feminism, and, you know, and I want to know what the ladies on here feel like they identify as in regards to that. Because I mean, I even I haven't even asked them if they identify as a black feminist or just a feminist. Um, there will be some different opinions and we won't, you know, we're not going to agree on everything. And that's okay. Because, uh, me, Jasmine, and Noah got into it about Beyonce yesterday or this morning. I even look at it. Um, so we're not all going to agree, and that's fine. It's, that's what kind of creates a great conversation. We have different perspectives. Just because even if we all identify as feminists, does not mean that we all have the same perspectives and the same uh, beliefs necessarily. So yeah, understand that we're dynamic. And, you know, I have no problem with people calling in. We're taking your calls. Feel free to call in if you have comments, but you don't want to call in. Leave them in the chat. Um, and we're not going to attack you, but if you say some dumb shit, we're going to address it. So don't think you're going to call in <laughs> and it's going to stop. Because that ain't going to happen. Yep. No, no, country, no country for fuck shit tonight. Right. No. Nope. But but please feel free to call in and share your opinion, um, and and get drop your thoughts. But like I said, if you say some shit and you came back up, then you might not be prepared for the conversation. So, because the people I have on this line are uh very well informed, they keep their opinions well informed. So, and I have a lot of respect for them. So, first off, um, let's talk about what feminism is. And I want to kind of get an idea, I can get into a, a book definition, but I do want to kind of get an idea of what um, the people on, on the panelists as well as my uh, great, amazing co-host, great on the news segment, uh, I want to know what they feel feminism is. So I'll start with Em because she's my amazing co-host that I appreciate very, very much. <laughs> em, what is feminism to you? Oh, did I not? Un- no, you're unmuted. M? Emmeline? I'm sorry, I accidentally oh. muted myself. My bad. <laughs> I was getting so oh, I was like, damn. I was hanging up on him. Okay, listen up, yes. you guys. Take your phones off of you. Would you hear that I unmuted you? Because you guys can hear that I unmuted you. Please unmute your phone. I'm over here having a heart attack. I'm like, don't go off the air. Is my phone off? I'm over here having a fucking panic attack. I'm sorry. And his phone is out. out. And I'm I just sorry, gave her like it's... a shitload of props. And she's just mute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, you know, I was talking shit, too, while my phone was on mute. I'm like, yeah, I'm stressed. Don't be jealous. But nobody heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, if, well, yeah. What do you? What do you? What is feminism to you? 
Feminism to me is about equality. I really hesitate to use the label um, feminist, although that's what I am, because of, as you said, the negative connotations associated with the word. I see feminism as a means to strive to create um, even footing for men and women financially, um, educationally, economically, and socially. Um, men and women are different physically, and I feel that that's the only way that we should be physically. I mean, psychologically, intellectually, and in any other areas of society and life, um, um, women sh- men and women should be equal. And unfortunately, that's not the case. There is blatant misogyny and patriarchy, and as well as millions of microaggressions <laughs> um, to womankind on a daily basis, um, and too much of it passes for normal. And I see feminism as a means to acknowledge that first and then go about um, actively correcting it. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, you know, I want to say something that you, that you brought up about the connotation. I actually, for years, did not identify as feminist. And what's funny is I didn't even know I was a feminist when I was a feminist. I was a feminist pretty much my whole life and didn't know. Because, um, you know... <laughs> I didn't, and it, it, I can kind of get into this a little bit later when we talk specifically about black feminism, but I think the reason is because black women, even if they have feminist beliefs and ideals and they pretty much embody that, they don't identify as feminists. I didn't, and it wasn't until I got to college when I was around other feminists, and most of the feminists I had been around were women of color, although the organization I ended up being a part of, it was an art collective. It really wasn't um, feminist-based necessarily, but it was, it was a feminist space, and um there were some white women involved in that group, and that's when I kind of first time I actually saw this uh, difference between how women of color saw things versus how white women saw things. But I didn't identify as feminist until someone gave me a quote, and I don't even know where the quote is from. So whoever knows where this quote is from, feel free to let me know. Hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or chat and uh, let me know. But uh, feminism is the basic principle that women are a people. And when she said that, that totally just gave me an idea. Okay, so I guess I am a feminist. I may not agree with everything that everybody says because I have a lot of issues with white feminists right now, but um, I do agree that women are people and we deserve those same rights. We deserve equality. We deserve options. We deserve those things because we are a people. And, I, and I, that totally changed my view. So I understand about not identifying as a feminist. Um, I want to get to uh, Jasmine. Because Jasmine's also, uh, I mean, I'm getting to know it too, but I also want to get, I want to get to Jasmine right now. Um, what do you consider feminism? Because you say that's what you talk about on your YouTube page. So what is feminism? Feminism to me, it started out as a movement for equality for women, hence feminism. But I think it's, I think I can say that it, for me it's evolved into, you know, a movement for, you know, for social, political, uh, and economic equality between the sexes. I think that both men and women can partake in this movement. In the end, for me, it is about equality, and it is also about uh, ending sexist oppression. I um, I think now... We, I think too many people think that we as black people need to focus more on ending, on dealing with racism, sexism, uh, misogyny, uh, perpetuation of patriarchy, that those things aren't really important for the grid to deal with, you know, 
racism for the greater good. And I don't agree. I think we can tackle racism and sexism. At, you know, I think we can tackle both. I think we can we can walk and chew them at the same time, so we can deal with both racism and sexism. Um, I uh, I knew I I've always known I was a feminist. I went through periods where I didn't necessarily take the label. Uh, there definitely was a time when I was sort of like in between, like, I don't know if I'm, you know, rah-rah feminism, but I do see the microaggressions and I do see the double standards and I dislike them and I'll speak my mind against them. It was really after I started reading more uh, women's literature, women's studies, more uh, women writers, that I started to fully accept the label 100% no matter what people think about the label. The label itself just states certain things that that I that I'm that my ideology is in line with. It doesn't mean that I adhere to everything within feminism. Feminism itself isn't a monolithic movement. So um people's problems with the label are personal and not my yeah. problem. <laughs> I got that. Uh, Noah, you want to give us your take? What is feminism to you? Well, I always thought that I I was a feminist ever since I was very young. But I never really, like, started getting more into politics and into the movement until I was older. I would say when I got pregnant with my son, that's when I really started reading and and thinking i don't know if it was like coincidence i think it was just a coincidence but that feminism is not just for women it's for men as well and i think i started thinking that more when i found out i was having a son because my son's father is from a family full of men who are always you know there are a few of them that are always like you know there's one way to be a man. You have to be a man and you have to grow up. And like, even though my son's not even two yet, they're starting to project that onto him. And so I think my definition of feminism is equality for everyone. And not only that, but just like Jasmine was talking about dealing with not just sexism, but racism as well, as far as, you know, intersectionality goes. And that's when I, when I read and found out about intersectionality, that's when I really was like, yeah, I am a feminist. <laughs> like, without that, I don't know if I could really claim the label because, you know, focusing on just the the gender part of it is just one part of it for me. I'm also black, so I have to focus on that too. And I'm also poor, so I have to focus on that as well. So that's what that's what feminism is to me, all of those things. And, see, and I think that's... Uh... Part of the reason why a lot of women of color feminists uh, kind of separate themselves from the mainstream movement is because it, they does, it doesn't include the racial and economic aspect a lot of times. I mean, sometimes they say they do, but then when you get in their space, it's not the, it's not the same thing. And actually, get into that in a second. But and I want to get the guys' opinion on this too. Um, for the guys in here, which is uh, right now we have MC Brooks and Bruce. I want to know. What was your take on something? Like, how did you learn about it? What did you know? What do you know about it? Um, have you yourself ever identified as such? Um, and if so, 
why, it's not, why not, and there's no, there's no wrong answer to that. So I'll start off with Bruce. I think I started off with Bruce last time. So I'll start off with Bruce this time. What is feminism um, to you? And, go ahead. I mean, I think um, we talk about equality a lot, and I, and I definitely believe in equality. But, I mean, uh, I think feminism is a movement for equality, but it's as equal as we can be because there are some differences within us, you know, uh, physically and things of that nature. So while I say equality, you know, you know, some jackasses tend to take that a different way and say, like, oh, well, you know, woman equality, you talk shit to me, I'm going to punch you in the face. Like, no, like equality as in, you know, rights and <laughs> things that. of that nature, um, you know, as far as feminism and being a feminist, I'd say that I'm not. i just say that, you know, I'm not ignorant. And I think that the thing is um, mm-hmm. we talk about, like, people say, like, guys will say, like, well, you know, we need to take care of our race issues first. And um, one of the, when somebody said earlier that we can fight them at the same time, and I think that the thing is it's just the thing not being ignorant. And I think as you work on that, then you start to look at issues for women. You start to look at issues of race. You start to look at, issues uh, for people with different sexuality, you know, because you view everybody as people and as a person, you know what I'm saying, that's equal to you, maybe different for one reason or the other, you know, they should have certain respect and they should have certain rights and they should be treated a certain way. So um, I've never really paid attention to the feminist movement, um, but I've always been taught to respect women, you know what I'm saying? So I think as far as I view it, you know, the movement itself are people who go out and they seek to get those rights and things of that nature. And when I can help, I do. But um, I just think it's, for me personally, it's just more of a respecting and lack of ignorance. And I think that, you know, if you start to look at yourself and question yourself and how you approach people, you know what I'm saying, I think you can, you can combat all those issues at once because it's more about respecting people as a person. You know what I'm saying? A person created, you know, equal to you. So if you feel that way, it shouldn't matter if you're speaking about a woman. It shouldn't matter if you're speaking about somebody of another race. It shouldn't matter if you're speaking of somebody with a different sexuality. You know, you should respect them as a person. So that's just the way I do in general. I want to um, comment on something that you talked about earlier, which is, you know, you're saying some jackass is going to say, you know, uh, if a woman is, you know, a puncher or whatever, uh, just like I would a man, that's equal, you know, that's equality. Um, whenever people say ignorant shit like that, I often counter it with this. Or, uh, this is how I look at it. You know, for example, you go to a bathroom, any public restroom. You walk into a, a public restroom that's for women and one that's for men. If you go to the women's restroom, there's usually way more stalls than there are for men. And some idiot is going to say, well, if we're equal, we should have an equal number of stalls. But the reason why we don't have equal number of stalls is because typically women take longer to disrobe because we have a lot more to do. We we can't just whip it out and pit it. That's not we don't have that option a lot of times. <laughs> One of the great things about being a man. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Whatever. Male privilege. Anyway. <laughs> male, male privilege for the men. <laughs> but, but but that's but that's an example of. Of the difference between equality and being equal. You know, like we're trying to say that it's the fact that we have differences that does exist, but that doesn't mean that those differences can't be accommodated for. I mean, you have to have multiple restrooms. Otherwise, you're going to have these long-ass lines, which most women's restrooms already do. 
have long-ass lines to go to the bathroom because men have urinals, and they don't take as long to use the bathroom. So, of course, you're going to have more stalls. So that's kind of how I look at when I think about equality for uh, men and women and, and accounting for those differences, but looking at, hey, men don't have a uterus. <laughs> so they don't have things that our situations are a lot different. And you talked about and, right. uh, men don't also don't have menstrual cycles. They don't need to change pads and tampons in the bathroom. I, just, exactly. I, I, I mean, I don't want to be graphic, but it's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and those are my privileges that I definitely support. I don't have to take Motrin like yeah. hours hours before cool the trip set in. Otherwise, you're yeah. otherwise you're pretty much fucked if you don't take medicine. And Those food. are no privileges that I definitely support and stand by. <laughs> right. I'm not going to stray from the topic too much, but on the topic of feminism, there was a great video that I saw uh, about a month back um, from Wifey TV, TV, and um, it's about sexism, and it's about broad-term sexism and misogyny. And it's, it's pretty, pretty much shows what the life of a woman is like um, um, in a man's shoes is basically gender roles, societal gender roles were reversed. And I think it's a film that everyone should see and share and um, discuss as often as they possibly can. I'm going to put it in the chat box. It's a very short film. It's about 20 minutes long, and it, it is a foreign language film. It's in French, but there are subtitles, and the message is not lost. It's a really poignant film, and I think it's one that every single person should watch because it doesn't just point out the greater transgress- transgressions of sexism, but also the microaggressions and the, 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 the everyday slights and misogyny that are passing as normal in everyday society, even to people that might be for equality or might consider themselves feminists. They, they view these things, and it kind of flies under their radar. And this film really highlights them very, very beautifully. I put it in chat box. I really think everyone should watch this film as soon as possible, but not now, after the show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I want to get Brooks. I want to get Brooks's uh, definition, at least how he sees feminism. Brooks. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, first of all, no. praise Darwin for all y'all just mentioned. Uh, second no, of all, I'm on the phone. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm actually fairly new to the feminism movement. Um, uh-huh. I, I would I would honestly say that I've only been I, I, I've only self-identified as a feminist for maybe a little over a year and a half now, uh, yeah, about a year and a half, two years now. And I really, honestly, I didn't have a whole lot of exposure to it um, in any of my formal education. I mean, I heard the terminology a little bit while I was in college, but it never really came up at all. And I never really took the time to, to really research what it was or, or anything like that. I mean, for a really long time, I was one of those, um, I was one of those guys where I was like, you know, we need to focus on black issues, so we need to stop worrying about the side shit and worry about this, you know, without really thinking, oh, well, yeah, there are issues that directly affect women that need to be addressed also. Um, but it wasn't until, honestly, until I discovered uh, Kim's show and some of, the early, some of her early episodes uh, kind of spoke on uh, some feminist issues, and it kind of opened my mind a little bit. And in addition to that... <clears throat> I've been a member of Twitter since about 2009 or so. Uh, 2010, 2011 is really when I became an avid user. And um, I managed to find so many brilliant 
minds on there and uh, re- reading their tweets and and you know uh, seeing their perspective when certain issues would come about kind of uh, opened me to the kind of uh, opened my mind a little bit because I never really considered these other perspectives and it was actually through through uh, many of the Twitter folks that I, I, I still follow now and through Kim that uh, actually kind of got an understanding of what feminism was. And so ever since then, uh, I was like, oh, well, this is something I can get behind. And this is this is something that, you know, I, I do believe because, you know, women's issues are important. And I can't, just because I'm a male and I'm privileged to not have to deal with this shit doesn't mean that it's not important. It's not important at all or it's not worth considering. So, um Ever since, so yeah, like I said, for about a year and a half now, I've been kind of self-identified. I mean, I've not, I, I have no clue about any type of feminist theory. I have no formal uh, education on on the on the topic. Everything that I know, I've, I've gotten through social media articles and through interactions with with people who identify as feminists. Um, I I do want to say you talk about Twitter. And um, that's actually interesting because I think I became a stronger black feminist because of Twitter and because of the conversations and things online and articles I was linked to. Cough, um, Jasmine, cough, cough. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, she's saying that, you know, you're one of the people that helps spread information on Twitter about black feminism. And I think, you know, and, and by the way, let me give a huge, huge shout-out to Raina from People of Color Beyond Faith, POC, i got to make sure I get this uh, Twitter name right. Um, uh, but I do want to give a shout-out to Raina because she tweeted our stuff um, uh, during her uh, uh, Twitter conversation, and, uh, and I really want to thank her for that. But, um, you know, and that's the other thing. People of color, beyond faith, they use social media to help spread information, to help have these conversations. And uh, that's something that I think, is definitely needed is even well not yeah definitely needed and continues to do um, as far as black feminism because for example um, you guys remember the hashtag solidarity is for white women I yes remember I remember oh yeah I remember that I was on Twitter when if, that popped up yeah if, and if you check BuzzFeed I'm actually quoted but oh, <laughs> I'm not the, I'm <laughs> including my own but uh, no but, no but seriously that that hashtag really uh, hit home for me because it was all these things that I had always been feeling but I couldn't quite articulate and a lot of them a lot of women of color were able to articulate a lot of white feminists were pissed off but social media has been has been definitely been a venue for how we can have these conversations um I want to uh we got actually some questions from the twitter uh feed, twitter feed and I want to give a big shout out to TSE Diptology for this question um what did I do with the question? <laughs> uh, he asked about womanism and its relation to black feminism. It said, uh, what does the panel think about womanism and its relationship, if any, to black feminism? Um, I don't know who, who wants to take on that question. Nobody. Hold on. <laughs> well, I guess the question, I, what's the question again? What's I, the question? I guess Sorry, I can. I mean, from, the if I remember correctly, I know that it definitely it has roots with uh, with black Christian women and with uh, Alice Cooper, if I remember that correctly. I think in in regards to black feminism, it they're they're definitely connected because 
it was because we all know feminism, uh, everyone came together, uh, white women and black women, pretty much started this, started it all off together. But because of the because of the time that you know feminism was gaining its roots and everything was was basically around the abolitionist movement mm-hmm. time, and so and we all know just because our white abolitionists uh, uh, fought against fought to end slavery, it didn't mean that they thought that white people and black people were equals. So um, there was definitely a racial a racial division between white feminists and black feminists, and I think that's kind of where where womanism comes in. It was made, it was created by us. It's it's our thing, you know. So and I think a lot of black, I think a good number of black women, women of color, probably feel more comfortable labeling themselves as womanist than feminist because they recognize the um, they recognize the um, the issues and the microaggressions um, and the racism within feminism, and they didn't really feel like feminism was theirs where it was for them. So, uh, I want to read um, something. Um, I want to read uh, something. This is from looks like feminist reader, but it says, uh, at its core, womanism is a social change perspective based upon the everyday problems and experiences of black women and other women of color. For more broadly, methods to eradicate inequalities, not just for black women, but for all people. The self-authored spirit of activism, spirituality, and the woman's relationship with herself, other women, and her surroundings compromise an essential part of the ideology. The term womanism was first coined by author Alice Walker in her 1975 short oh, Alice Walker. Sorry. Yeah, Alice Walker. I, I, I figured it wasn't Alice Cooper, if you know who Alice Cooper is. <laughs> That's why I wanted to clear it. Yeah, yeah, I got the, yeah, I've been confused, yeah. <laughs> but here Walker describes the protagonist of the story as womanist. Um, although Walker is credited for the term, there are other contributors to the womanist movement. These contributors developed their own womanist theories independently of Walker's womanism. They include scholars such as Clonora Hudson Weems, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to fuck last name up. I'm going to try my best. Chiquinye Okonjo Ogunyemi. I hope I said that properly. Please forgive me for those of you guys who know how to say these names right. Um, so that's what womanism is. And I didn't know, I don't know anything about the Christian movement in that, so I can't really speak to that. But I do, from what I've learned about it, it had a lot to do with um separating from feminism and creating our own term and, you know, it's, so not even saying black feminist, but saying we're womanist. So that's how I've always seen the connection. Um, I'm not too sure how accurate that is, but I use the more broadly because, I'm sorry, somebody is doing a lot of movement. Yeah, who's, movement. whose phone is that? Their phone. Yeah, like, I don't know. This is not a conference call. This is a live show, so please mute your phone if you're making all that noise. Um but anyway, um, I don't know about the Christian part, but I do know that uh, it was a term. It's a term that people might want to use instead of saying black feminists. They don't want to identify as feminists. But I prefer to use black feminists only because it's more identifiable. And it's like the same reason why I say atheist, because it strikes heart. It strikes fear in the hearts of people, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but um, I do, we have, I feel like there's just so much to talk about. But I do want to talk about. Uh, whether or not you yourself identify as black feminist and uh, why or why not. Um, so I'll start off this time with Noah. Hell yeah. Nah. 
I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I identify as a, um, of course I identify as a black feminist. Yes. Um, I have for a long, for a, a little while now. And I don't know, I don't know about the term womanist. I don't know. I have I don't really know much about it, so I had to do some research and get back to you well, on that I just, one. Well, I was just asking, well, I was just asking you how you felt about do you identify as a black feminist? Yeah. And why? Um I guess because I've always I've always wanted equality for every for everyone. But why especially black well, as opposed just a feminist. Like, why specifically black feminists as opposed to just a feminist? Oh, okay. Okay. There we go. I was confused at first. Sorry. Having a slow, slow day. But, um, I guess I'd specifically say black feminists simply because, like, feminism, I don't know. It just didn't, it's not enough. I, I, I can't just say I can't just say feminist. I have to say black feminist. I'm a black woman, and I can't separate the two from each other. If that makes sense. Again, it kind of goes back to the whole intersectionality thing. Like you can't separate one from the other. And I know there's like a lot of older black women who say, you know, they don't want to identify as feminist because it feels like, you know, that's well. There's this there's this idea that feminism is for white women, and it's not for us or the other idea that prevails in our community that we should be working to advance the race and anything, anytime we talk about gender or talk about women's issues, we're tearing down the black man. So <laughs> we, we need to stop talking about that and focus on just, you know, equality for all black people, even though black men do, do somewhat benefit from patriarchy, but, yeah, but that's why okay. I say black feminist. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jasmine, do you identify as a black feminist? Why or why not? I do identify as a black feminist um, because it's it's important. Um, like Teeny said, intersectionality for me is very important. Um, and I'm and I'm black first. I'm a woman. I'm black. I'm a woman. I'm a feminist. That's a whole. That's a whole big mess of um, of experience that's different from even other Black feminists or you know other women of color feminists and white feminists. You know, um, I don't run away from being Black. I'm proud of it. Um, like I, it's like I said, it's, it's it's you know once I mean once you become more solid and solid within yourself. Um, people's personal uh, bias or feelings about the label that you choose to take, they really don't bother you. So it's uh, the same thing with atheists. I know I know people here atheists and they get all sorts of misconceptions in their head. It's all personal. It's not my problem. So, and I feel the same I'm, way about feminists. I'm going to get to the other uh, panelists, but we have someone who called in and I want to make sure I pick, get this caller. Um, caller 562 um, state your name and where you're from, please. Oh, I'm Barry from Long Beach, but I ain't no feminist, so I'm just here. Okay, you press uh, one, so you have. Wait, wait, wait! Before you guys say, uh, you press one, so you had a comment. Do you have something you want to share or uh, something you want to? Oh, that was on? a long time ago. It's cool. I'll wait. 
actually, uh, you hadn't pressed one for a long time, but that's okay. Uh, if you, but is there yeah. anything that, that we talked about on the show today that you'd like to comment on? No, I don't want to take y'all off subject. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank yes, you for that. What? Uh, do me a favor and press one again, so that way uh, I can know. I'll know when you do want to say something. So if you press one now, it'll take you out of my queue. And then if you uh, press one again, I'll know that you are ready to talk. So go ahead and press one now. Right, cool. and you want to press one again. Thank you so much, though, for calling in. We do appreciate you. Um, and uh, I have another person that's here who did not press one. So like I said, I'm going to assume you do not want to speak if you don't press one. The instructions, uh, the prompt lets you know that in order for me to know that you want to talk, you have to press one so that you can be in my queue. So don't think I'm ignoring you. I just want to make sure that um, – I'm getting people who want to talk and not just people who want to listen. Um, but uh, I want to go to Emmeline, uh, if you can give your answer. Then we'll go to Brooks and then Bruce. I'm going to meet at this time, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely identify as a black feminist um, as opposed to a traditional feminist because, um, and this was a point that um, you brought up when you, were, you brought up that bathroom stalls analogy, there are issues that specifically target black women that white women will never have to deal with. Um, a lot of those issues stem from racism. And unfortunately, um, a lot of traditional white feminists perpetuate that racism, whether consciously or unconsciously. There are um, large and microaggressions of racism within the traditional feminist community. And I feel that women of color, not just black women, but the women of color in general need their own separate space because we deal with issues um, with um, white feminists and we deal with issues um, within our ethnic and racial groups that they don't have to deal with. It's, uh, it's another load of feminism meets racism, gender issues plus racism plus colorism, things that white women don't have to deal with, things that they might be perpetuating on a conscious or subconscious level. Um, in my mind, um, the fact of the matter is black feminism um, isn't counterproductive to the building up of black communities and black men. I think that anything that can um, better the life and the quality of life for a woman, uh, a black woman, is beneficial to a black man. I think black feminism is um, a great stepping stone in building black communities. And I think that any man, black or otherwise, who has, had a, who has a daughter or has ever had to raise a woman um, would understand exactly why feminism is needed. Because I think a lot of these men that are pro-misogyny and anti-feminism would definitely not want a man to treat their daughter the way that they treat a lot of women out here. Okay. Um, Brooke, did I say Brooks and Limbers or did I say Bruce and Limbers? Yeah, I don't I said Brooks and Bruce. Okay, so Brooks and then Bruce. Okay. Um, what do you think about I black do identify as a what? Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I do. I do identify as a as a black feminist, and I do so primarily because um, one, I'm all about equality, and two, uh, feminism just as it, it liberates women or it strives to liberate women, it also liberates men and black men in a lot of areas. And Emmeline kind of, Emmeline touched on this um, uh, in their dialogue just a few uh, seconds ago and saying that, uh, you know, 
any any man who has a daughter, you know, should identify as a feminist because you know they would want someone to treat their daughter, you know, with you know with respect and you know as a person. And I think that um, what I've learned about feminism, especially over the last you know the two years that I've that I've been engaged in the conversations and read the articles and whatnot, I think it it can be very liberating for men, you know, because it'll it'll provide a space where men who don't, who may not fit into traditional gender roles have, you know, they have the freedom to be themselves without being shamed or, or feeling like they can, or feeling like they have to live up to something that they are not capable of, of living up to because of how they feel or something that may be out of their control. So, um, I think femili- excuse me, feminism can do a lot of good in a lot of different areas, and that's why I identify as a black feminist. Um, Bruce, I know you said that you, that you do not identify as feminist, but, I, but you are a supporter of the movement. Um, why do you think black feminism is necessary? I mean, I, I think there's definitely issues that have to be addressed that black females have to deal with. I mean, um, I believe there's issues that women in general have to deal with, but I think black women, they have it even more hard because you're dealing with two different situations. I mean, not only are you a female, you know, and there is male privilege, and, I mean, if you don't notice that as a man, I mean, you're bullshit. But um, there's that, but then you're also a black female. So it's like, you know, you have to deal with even more issues because, you know what I'm saying, within our community, I mean, we have issues as is. So in your, a woman always comes second to the man according to society. So if you come second to the man and the man is black and the black man is, like, already, like, you know, third or fourth, then where does that leave black females? So, you know, I definitely feel there's a need for it. Now, I specifically don't identify uh, myself as a black feminist because I think that um, it's more important uh, to promote females to represent that movement because, I mean, sometimes when um, I watch television and they have these discussions, like uh, there's been a lot of discussions about the N-word recently because it's Black History Month, and, of course, more important than talking about black history is talking about the N-word. Um, um, it, um, a correction, I just want to point this out It was Black History Month, it's not Black History Month anymore You Black people don't need to be talking about Your contributions <laughs> all year long You had your 28 days <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so There was those conversations you know, in, in the little 28 day period And uh, it's all these conversations About the N-word and, and there's all these white people And I'm just like, honestly You know what I'm saying I, I don't want to hear from you right now You know what I'm saying Like I don't want you trying to tell me you know, anything. So I think within right. the feminist movement, I feel there's differing views. And um, I heard something similar, you know, with uh, black issues specifically. I heard a, a host on ESPN, a white guy, said that he didn't want to comment on the N-word or he didn't want to be like a spokesperson against it because he felt like, you know, black people have their own issues within the movement and he'd rather them discuss it and, you know, he just support the discussion of it. So I don't necessarily identify myself as a black feminist, but I support the movement, and I think that it's important that the discussions are had. So, you know, I'd much rather, you know, if somebody says, hey, are you a black feminist? No, but, you know, you need to follow this woman, because I think she has a lot of important things to say. You need to follow this woman. That's why they have a lot of important things to say. So uh, it's definitely necessary, uh, but I don't think I necessarily have to have the tag to support it myself. Um, I definitely uh, 
I, I can't. I don't know who has their computer like super loud, but if you could mute your computer, that would be very great. Um, I think it's great that you're. Sorry, I tried. To, I keep trying to turn my volume down. Oh, I wasn't trying to loud. out anyone. I wasn't trying to out anyone. It's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> but um, I want to. I want to take a quick break. I want to play this song by Rhapsody, who's one of my favorite MCs out right now. She's fucking ridiculously dope. Um, I'm gonna play this song, celebrate. And then I have a surprise for my panelists. I have a surprise clip to get into our next topic about the propaganda, the misinformation about black feminism that we want to definitely clear up. We only have a little bit left. We probably will end up going to a little bit of overtime um, if my panelists are willing to stay on and have that little bit of overtime. I know people got families and things to do, but um, I do think this is an important discussion, and I know some people will be downloading this, and I, I don't want us to cut that off. But uh, right now, let's get into some Rhapsody Celebrate, and then I have my surprise clip for my panel. Soiree of the masses, toast to a beautiful life, raise your glasses, celebrate the life, looking like it's going to be a wonderful night. Welcome to the party life, for those who seldom part in life, to celebrate the good time. Got my check today, on time. And all my close friends Celebrating new beginnings new here. Beginnings here. For those turning another year For the youngest in the world learning how to steer Apparently having some technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to see if I can fix this. I'm happy to start the song over because I don't know what happened. Soiree, uh, you're the master. Toast to a beautiful life. Raise your glasses. Celebrate the life. Looking like it's gonna be a wonderful night. Welcome to the party life. For those who seldom part in life. Celebrate the good time. Got my check today on time. And all my close friends celebrating new beginnings here. For those turning another year. For the youngest in the world learning how to steer. I celebrate them all. Celebrate for the fact that we all living, y'all. And for my girl, all rocking new jewelry in this world. Congratulations, celebrate for the parents out here raising Little offspring, celebrate if you're single here without a ring Cause you kicked them to the curb, he was bad news to my sisters, I say words Celebrate the game, if for only a day you live in fame And celebrate the old days, growing up broke, cold and hungry it made you who you are I celebrate for every, every day Like I'm a star Soiree of the masses Toast to a beautiful life Raise your glasses Celebrate the life 
looking like it's gonna be a wonderful night. Raise a glass with the masses. Celebrate for that full tank of gas and for every test pass. That led to a different world and a better class. Oh, you bought some new fashions that you just need a reason to show your ass in. Celebrate for that. Celebrate cause we beautiful and black, y'all. And if you got that new job, celebrate cause everyday living is hard. If your glass full of Palmer, raise it high, y'all, for every single mama. And you over all the drama. And you just feeling merry, y'all, I promise. We gon' have a good time. Pop a little bubbly and sip a little wine. Reminisce for a bit. Celebrate if your house made of brick. Got a roof over your head. Food in the place so our bodies all fed. We celebrate all night. Celebrate with your husband or your wife. And if you're feeling alright, toast for every day, y'all, and celebrate life. Soiree here the mass. Toast to a beautiful life. Raise your glasses. Celebrate the life. Looking like it's gonna be a wonderful night definitely took a toll on black male female relationships especially in the 1960s because in the 1960s black men and black women they were doing what they were supposed to have done in, for a long time which was fight together against white supremacy against racism and they were doing this with the civil rights movement so what happened people had to come in and infiltrate and have a divide and conquer um, strategy between black men and black women in 1964 government came in and they pulled black women to the side and they started to classify black women and women in general as minorities in 1964 that's the first time they classified women as minorities so they started to give them set-asides and benefits and then they created the the feminist movement and a lot of sisters branched off into that and that kind of created a rift because a lot of sisters stopped fighting for civil rights and they started to fight for women's rights but women's rights weren't being jeopardized in the black community. Our first priority was racism, and we should have dealt with that first. We wanted to be free. We didn't need any boundaries, need no man to tell us what to do. Well, we hadn't had no man to tell us what to do anyway. You couldn't tell us what to do in slavery, so who, you know, we didn't really have no fight with you about that. That was the white woman's fight with her man, but we took it on. I want to be free. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. And then women started having babies, what they call out of wedlock, and then that got to be okay too. Oh, it's all right. Once it got accepted by society, all of the rest of the people, then it was okay then to just have a baby. In fact, I don't even want him for nothing but to just have a baby. And then we started saying, oh, I'm going to be the mother and the father. All kind of nonsense. And so what happened was that movement, and there never was a sisterhood in the women's liberation movement between the black woman and the white woman. Because you have to understand, in the tactic of the art of war, when you want to destroy a stronger enemy, you have to get rid of the, the cultural perspective of uh, authority. So what do you do? You have to destroy the man in the society. And that's exactly what they did. I talk about this in my book. You have to destroy the masculine principle, which is the head of the family. That's part of it. The other part is to get rid of 
the environment and the ways and means for the head or the authority of that family to become and stay the authority and the head of that family and that is to be the provider and the protector take away his means of providing take away his means of protecting his family and he no longer has any rights or any kind of uh, power so when you have done that you have now undermined the glue that keeps the family together men don't have to be men anymore so what's the best thing to do since you're giving so many favors to women I might as well be a woman Okay, uh, I guess we're unmuted now, and Vita is still muted. I don't know if that's intentional or not. Hello? Well, she's still muted because Jasmine's mad at her. Well, good. <laughs> Hello? Okay. It's all okay. Obama's okay. fault. I'll bet. Okay, this time I pulled, I pulled an M. I pulled an Emily. <laughs> I had a feeling because I was about to unmute you. I was like, she's probably over there talking to herself like some cat lady, not realizing that her mic's muted. <laughs> yeah, you should have had my back. So this That's is what why, you get. This is, uh, whatever. Anyway, I had, I know that everybody's mad at me, and I know that it's funny if I unmuted everybody else and got to unmute myself because I did partially because I know everybody's mad at me. I had to play that clip. I had to. <laughs> I had to kind of show what kind of messages were being put out there. That was a clip from Hidden Colors and a, a, a film that a lot of black people are praising. But that clip was about feminism. And as you can see, there's a lot of misinformation that's being put out about feminism. But I want to get uh, people's responses to the clip. However, I have a caller on the line. I want to make sure I get this caller in. Um, caller 661, state your name and where you're calling from. Hello? Yeah, your area code is 661. I need you to state your name and where you're calling from. Uh, my name is Matt, and I'm calling from uh, North Carolina. Matt from North Carolina. What did you want to say? You wanted to weigh in on something? Uh, Yeah. I think it's uh, messed up how that black women get treated in this country. It's really mean. And um, I was wondering, can they suck their own cocks? Oh, thank you so much for calling. I hope you die a horrible death. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's why the Target sucked this year. Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, what? I don't know what that was. I went a step further. And, I went a step further and dropped that man. That man's call. We all need trolls on yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was what? Gonna do that. What was that about? I, somebody calling to be a hater. I have no idea. Um, I'm not gonna See, worry about the thing. When you heard North Carolina, you should have known, girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> we cannot keep shitting on the South, y'all. I, I have family in the South. I appreciate the South. You know, fuck Texas, but I do appreciate the South. Um, I do want to get y'all take a shit. I already know. I already know Bruce's uh, blood pressure went up with that clip, but I'm, this time I'm going to start with Bruce. I don't think I've started him off first with a question. So, Bruce, uh, what is your take on that clip? We just heard. I mean, it is just ridiculous. But I mean, I, I've seen the video. And, uh, you know, anybody can scrape together a couple hundred dollars and make a bullshit-ass documentary. So, um, 
you know, the, the, the saddest part about it is, though, that there's actually people out there who believe that shit. And, you know, it, it's just complete ridiculousness. And, and you know, the thing is, for all the people who say, like, well, you know, we need to take care of race issues first. You know, I, I said this before on another show. Whenever there's an issue with black males, you know, if you look at, like, the Trayvon Martin situation, you know, black females are there to support. You know what I'm saying? Like, the thing is, it, it's, it's a war against inequality, of course. You know, there's a war against inequality, not a war against race. It's not a war against white people specifically. I don't have an issue with white people specifically in most cases. But um, I have an issue <laughs> with people who support inequality. So if we're going to go to this war, I mean, when you go off to war and you, know, you have these soldiers, you have to make sure the people fighting with you are straight. So, you know, if, you know, I want women to support this, like, I have to make sure they're straight. Like, I, like you know what I'm saying? So it's like, the people that say, like, oh, well, we have to deal with race issues first. Like, you want somebody to support something that you stand for, but you're going to treat them however and act like, well, whatever, take it, because we're dealing with this right now. After that, I'll look at you and consider how I'm treating you. It's just bullshit. And, and, then they, and then they get this female to get on the documentary. So it's like they can say, like, well, look, you know, we even got females that agree. You know, and then they're, like, right. selling books all, all at the same time. Like, in my book <laughs> that you need to go buy because I need money because this documentary. I couldn't afford to really shoot a decent documentary, so go buy my book. You know, it's just right. bullshit all around. But what's interesting is that the clip said that the government came in and told these black women. I want to know, what, what, when did this happen? Like, but you see, that's the thing, though. Never, that never happens. Never, never worry 31st. That's when the fucking happens. That's the thing. You know, it, it, it's, praying, it's praying on our skepticism of the government because, you know, yes, every, right. like, we yeah. tend to not trust the government. And we have various reasons to not trust our government. So it's like, oh, well, you know black people don't trust the government, so, you know, we just put in there. It's just like the same thing that they do with, you know, religion and hip-hop. They say, well, you know, the Jesus and them, they're all in the Illuminati and they're worshiping the devil because in religion people have a fear of the devil. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're taking advantage of our skepticism of the government, so they throw that in there and knowing that some people will be like, well, of course, because the government's always fucking us over. So they had to have done it because that's our government. And then, you know, and and then also... And, and, I, and, and the worst thing, I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, I, go ahead, I, I, Vita. No, that's fine. Go ahead. I want to get your point of view. I, I said, and the worst thing about it is, is that he occasionally says something that it's true, like, yes, around the time that the Civil Rights Act was passed, women were, and when they also passed affirmative action, women were considered a minority, even over half the population. That's true. But he'll say something like that and then weave some more lies around it, and it's just like... But something that has no facts around it. That's the part that trips me out. Yeah. He just says it. Like, it, like, and he says, like, and like Bruce said, playing off of our fear of the government. And then this other thing, yeah. like, black women didn't have issues with their men. Wait, what? <laughs> you know? Are you, like, like, are you serious? <laughs> like, what do you... Exactly. So like, magically developed issues after the quote-unquote government came in and just told us we had issues. There was 
So there was no sexual abuse before the government came in, right? Like that just didn't yep. happen. Domestic <laughs> violence wasn't a, wasn't an issue. That was, you know, and and I want to go to uh, our Twitter person, P.S. Egyptology, who was killing it on the on blast CFP hashtag, by the way. So big shout out to P.S. Egyptology on Twitter. Um, but he said he responded to the clip, and he said, "I think the clip is wrong because he never explains the effects of enslavement on black women, just black men." And then he also says, I think we have to look at how racism affects black men and black women. And I think black feminism helps with that. That's from T.S. Egyptology on Twitter. So shout out to you for uh, being on the hashtag. Actually, killing on the hashtag. We appreciate your conversation on there. Um, I want to get uh, I want to get some more responses. Since Brooks' blood pressure was raised, I'm going to go ahead and go to Brooks. <laughs> what did you think about that clip? First of all, you're fired. You can never have Noah ever. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take Noah Just so you know But whatever <laughs> Go ahead No, no, that's that's off the table We might have worked a deal before But that's definitely off the table now <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Shit, like uh, Well, Bruce pretty much hit, hit a lot of what I, what I really wanted to say On, on, on the head Um <sighs> I don't, I don't, honestly, I'm not even sure where to start. I mean, because <laughs> there's so much, you know, uh, there's just so much wrong with that clip and, and with the film in general. Like, I don't even know where to start. I mean, it, it definitely the hidden colors, just in general, you know, likes to to play on, I guess, the emotions of 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 lots of really pro-black folks that think that. You know, once once we get the black family together, then everything else will just automatically fall in line. And it, it it's really interesting that you know that that people really want to act like you know feminism just in general. Like you said, once the, the government came in with this whole feminist jargon and black women ate it up, and all of a sudden they started thinking they were people, like that's a bad thing. And then the black family was destroyed. Like as if you know, if we get rid of all of that, everything would be cool. And it's, it's just a sh- it's just a shame. Last, and I think Jasmine pointed this out that you know that that the film in general will just say some true stuff and then surround it with some crap that's not really that's not true at all. And people, but people hearing the stuff that's true or hearing something that they themselves agree with will probably take whatever else is said and accept it with a level of credibility because they either like what was said. Or they, or or it had some actual, you know, truth truth to it. I mean, and that's that's th- like church, like this, though, right? Isn't that isn't right. that like the whole church? Like you go to church, they wrap up some truth, and then they put a lot of bullshit in there, and you like, oh, but I walked away reaffirmed to something that I already Ex- believed in the first. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, I I want to get to a call. We have caller. And hopefully this is another troll call because I don't need another one of those. <laughs> but, but at least it shows people are listening. That's one thing I can say because people can't troll you if they're not even listening to you. Um, caller 978, can I have your name and where you're calling from? Hi, this is JJ from uh, Massachusetts. Hello. Okay, I have a feeling I'm going to have to hang this up. Wait, uh, I wanted to talk Hello. about the black women, how they have penises that are eight inches long. Yeah, nope. I had a feeling. Gotta go. Oh, yeah, I recognized the voice. So I was like, he had to go. Yeah. Okay, so here's my problem with the what? trolls. Okay, wait a minute. It's not what even, the, it's not even the trolling that bothers troll. me. For like, real, for real, it's it's not the trolling that bothers me. It's like, if you're going to troll, at least be creative about it. Like, think of some really, like, 
something yeah, really like truly first, hilarious first, and, and unique to say. Um, you know, uh, I'm not. I don't know what yeah, the other the other shit was like lame. The first troll was hilarious. I don't. Everybody else after that has just been. I don't know what. That and this is. the yeah, thing yeah, is, yeah, what, I mean, what is I mean, it with these guys? If you're gonna troll, get on his level. Take some classes. And just what is it with these guys interested in women with penises? Why is it both of the trolls came in, called in talking about women with penises? I just don't get what their interest is. Who's well, the same oh, guy? Oh, I know what, oh, I know what that is. No. It's basically because people think that. Um, Think that black women, black women who are feminists, essentially, they we want to have the same same rights since we want to have the same rights as men. That obviously means that we have penis envy and we want to be men. Also, when they call us men, it's supposed to be like, and it's supposed to be an insult, as if they know, you know what we look, what we look like, or whatever. That's always like it's either it's either we're ugly or we're bitches. Or we're bed wenches, Negro bed wenches, or we're fat, or we're gay, as if being gay is an insult. And this mm. is the thing, like, and whenever I hear people say, um, "Well, you just want to be a man," and I'm thinking they always say that after some shit that where men obviously have the privilege. I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of want the same privilege. I mean, you make man, being a man sound so great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Like, that doesn't even make any sense to me. But, um, you guys, we're actually really pretty much out of time. And if you guys want to bear with me, because I do want to, because the last segment is really important to me about men being involved in our movement. And um, I, I believe Brooks and Bruce kind of already spoke to that. But we can get a little bit more into it. Um, but before we do that, I want to close out on the air for the people who are listening live. Um, and for those of you guys who want to listen, by the way, um, even after we go off uh, live, you can call into the show and listen. So call 310, there's a lot of background noise, um, 310-982-4276 if you want to call in and just listen. Just don't press 1 if you want to listen. If you want to call in, but the only way you can, uh, the only way that you can uh, listen is if you call in. But uh, let me go ahead and close out the live show for those of you. Now, hopefully my panelists, if you guys, if you guys can't hang on, I understand. Um, but I do want us to uh, at least get your information out there. So uh, I want uh, I want to let Brooks and Noah plug their show, uh, their next show, uh, in the time of their show, and I want him to do the same thing. So uh, Brooks or and or Noah, you guys want to let us know about your show, when the next one is, if you have that scheduled yet? Uh, well, we tried, and it, it, uh, Blog Talk wouldn't let us do it. But our next show is going to be next Wednesday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, so it's going to be a two-hour show, and we are going to be discussing race and gender in video games. So any oh, wow. gamers out there, yeah, oh, wow. any, any gamers out there, yeah. you definitely okay, want to call and tune in. And we're going to, we're going to be discussing, a, and we're also going to discuss a petition that Ms. Noah started to get three black female characters added into the Injustice Gods Among Us game. So well, that's next Wednesday. Me, maybe you guys can explain to us why the princess on Mario Brothers keeps getting kidnapped by the same person all the time. Oh, <laughs> that's, a whole other, that's a whole other show. Oh. Yeah, that, that's okay, something else. Um, I wonder that, too. Okay, and every okay, time we try to find the girl, she's always in another castle. Left. Listen, we guys, we have five minutes left, and I really want to get you guys. To, I want everybody to be able to plug their project really quickly. So let's be as succinct as possible. I do appreciate you guys. Um, M, can you go ahead and plug your show just really quickly in like ten seconds or less? 
Sure. Um, my show, The Emmett Evil Show, with my awesome co-host, Mario Ultra Evil, will be next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have not come up with a show topic yet, but it's going to be amazing because it always is. <laughs> Great. Bruce, I want you to talk about your your project, what you got going on, and what can, where can people find you? Okay. Uh, it's blogtalkradio.com backslash realityisreal.com, spelled out, D-O-T-C-O-M. Check that. New joint come in most likely Sunday, realityisreal.com. Check the site. It's dope. Uh, we got discussion groups on Facebook. I'll talk about that on the page. Long Beach, I love you. There. <laughs> Jasmine, you want to plug any of your projects, anything you have going on, and where people can find you? Okay. Um, I, um, I'm i still blogging. Uh, I'm, I'm researching for a new video to a response to an Afro dude regarding um, feminism being the cause of everything bad in the black community, including welfare and single motherhood, et cetera. I'm still doing a lot of research on that. But um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, at Foxy Jezebel. I'm very active on Twitter. If you at me, I will at you back. Um, I'm not shy. Don't be shy. I at people back. I add people. I have conversations and everything. And whenever I upload a new video, I tweet it. So you always, you know, be uh, be aware when I'm posting blogs, and you can, if you want, you can go check out my videos at YouTube.com/user/jpkeet. That's J P K E I T T. All right, thank you so much uh, for to everyone here. But I want to give a special thanks to Emmeline for helping me with this show. Uh, she's an amazing co-host, and uh, of course, I, I know. Of course, I have to thank my dope-ass panelists, who are more like my dope-ass co-producers, because they helped me put this show together, um, and we can definitely thank them for the playlist. Um, so shout-out, thank you so much, Noah, Noah Jones, MC Brooks, Bruce Smith, and uh, Bruce Smith, not Smith, <laughs> Bruce Smith, Jasmine Keat. I also thank them for uh, everything, everything for this show. I, I'm very, very grateful for you guys staying on the line, and um, I also have to thank Kim, the founder of Black Free Thinkers Radio, for giving us this wonderful opportunity to share and discuss all these topics with you. And, of course, many thanks to all of you for listening and joining us tonight when you could have been anywhere else doing anything that you wanted. And we appreciate everyone on our hashtag, uh, on Black BFTs, the conversation won't end. Um, and we're going to be on again uh, in about a couple of weeks, so give me two weeks to put together another show for you. I also want to get a special also want to give a special shout-out to Grand Unified Theory Collective and Black Skeptics LA. I'm your host, Vita Starr. Add me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter under the name Vita Starr. That's Vita Starr with two R's, B-I-D-A-S-T-A-R-R. You can also check me out on realityisreal.com and realityisrealradio. Um, good night, everybody, and for those of you who are listening live. And, again, if you want to listen to the podcast, you have to call in. That would be 310 982 you don't want to. But we're going to go out with the song. We'll be right back after the song for those of you guys who are on the podcast. So uh, this is a classic song, and I had to play it. And shout out to Bruce for giving me the idea to close out with this because this is definitely a classic that everyone should love. Who are you calling a bitch? U-N-I-T-Y, Queen Latifah. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. Calling the pig. You and I, 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 you
you're a hoe. Trying to make a sister feel low. You know all of that got to go. Now everybody knows there's exceptions to this rule. I don't be getting mad when we playing it's cool. But don't you be calling me out my name. I bring rap to those who disrespect me like a dame. That's why I'm talking. One day I was walking down a block. I had my cut off shorts on right because it was crazy. Ah. I walked past these dudes when they passed me. Uh, One of them felt my booty, he was nasty. Yeah. I turned around red, somebody was catching the rash. Then the little one said, hear me, bitch. And laughed. Since he was with his boys, he tried to break fly. Uh, I put some dead in his eyes. Who you crawling Uh, no, Teeny Noah Jones had to leave, but you guys need to check out her blog, loudishness.com. Please check that out. Uh, she's amazing. She's a dope writer. She has some great, strong points. Um, but she had to roll out. She has shit to do, and that totally makes sense, and I respect that. However, the rest of us, we ain't got shit to do. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> we have uh, Jasmine Keith still on with us. We have Emily Mousseau, my co-host. 
and Brooke, MC Brooks, my Grand Unified family, and also we have Bruce Smith from realityisreal.com. Thank you all for staying on the line. Um, I do want to get into this next point about black men and their, well, men, but specifically black men and their role in the movement. Also, uh, is the black feminist movement about improving conditions for men as well as women? I mean, I heard Noah a little bit earlier talking about how the, how the men in her, uh, in the, I don't know, what did she say? Was her boyfriend or husband? I don't really don't remember how she identified him. But um, her partner's family, her, her partner's family, had uh, were projecting these ideas of masculinity on the on on her son at such a young age. He was just a baby. And um, does the feminist movement address issues like that? The fact that men still are you know expected to be on Schwarzenegger, you know, um, and what is it? I mean, is this a part of the black feminist movement, or is that something separate all to its own? Um, I want to get Jasmine in first. Um, Jasmine, do you have a comment on the role of men in the movement as or and or uh, does the black feminist movement include uh, issues that uh, that are, men are affected by due to patriarchy? Oh, absolutely. Um, patriarchy is uh, perpetuated by everyone, by men and women. So, um, and as I said earlier, for me, feminism is more of a, a movement to end sexist oppression. That means men and women have to work together to end sex to deal with sexism. So uh, there is definitely a place for black men at the table because patriarchy, as I said, we all perpetuate it. It imprisons us all. It resigns men to to this um, toxic, um, restrictive, hyper-masculine, this distorted definition of masculinity that um, that's more of a detriment to them and onto us. Um, so, so we have to work together to to just do away with all antiquated uh, definitions for masculinity and femininity. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely from men identifying as feminists. Um. Emily, I would like for you to comment on that. What is the role that um, black men, if you, if there's a role for black men in the feminist movement, and should the movement and does the movement include issues that affect black men under patriarchy? Um, well, I'll start with the latter um, end of that question first. Um, I definitely believe that men are negatively affected by patriarchy. Um, there is a d- double-edged sword when it comes to privilege. There's no such thing as an action without a reaction. Um, you know, I recently, um, you know, came across a few articles talking about how detrimental it is when we tell things, boys things like suck it up or act like a man or don't be a pussy. Um, when they're dealing with their feelings, we as a society are breeding men to repress their emotions. Um, and... It, it it can be very detrimental. Um, I, I you know it's like Jasmine said, there are lots of antiquated definitions of what it is to be a man, um, and um, what it is to be manly. And when when people think of the the caricature, the stereotypical masculine um, macho man, they don't think of the man who is sensitive, Wait, who hold is on, rational. Yes. Okay. Hello? Did you, yeah, I'm here. I, I was telling okay. you. Okay. They don't think of the guy who's rational. 
Did we? I said they don't think of the man who's rational, who's calm, and who's sensitive. Um, and I think in the black community, especially, um, um, just like um, you know, um, um, misogyny can be um, twice as detrimental for women of color. I think that um, the side effects of patriarchy can be twice as detrimental to black men. We live in a society where um, a black man simply can't afford um, to be hyper aggressive because they're locking up our men at three times the rate, three to four times the rate they're locking up other men. Um, you don't have the benefit of the doubt as a black man in society. Even when you are peaceful, they look at you as a criminal. Um, I really think that um, the, the culture of patriarchy, especially within the black community, that says that you're not a man unless you are um, violent in some way is, is definitely detrimental. We have too many of our black men that are locked up that are proof that it's detrimental. Um, Brooks, you want to jump in on that? Because I think it makes actually really good points, and I want you to kind of piggyback off of that if you want. Uh, yeah. Um, I think there's definitely um, a role for black black men and men in general to sit at the table as far as black feminism is concerned. I mean, uh, we. I mean, it's no secret to any of us that the voices of of women of color are often silenced. Or they're or they're overlooked, or they're not they're they're not uh, they're not often looked to as the loudest voices in any particular conversation. And um, as I didn't as since I identify as a as a, a black feminist myself, and since I'm also a male, I feel like part of my duty is to highlight those voices. You know. The the one thing that I try not to do, and that I don't think that any black men who identify as, a, as as black feminists should do, is to try to speak for women. But what we can do is mm-hmm. try to is, is to try to bring attention to the voices of the women of color. Because the last thing I want to do is to speak on the issues that affect black women. What I can do is to create it is to use my privilege and my and my uh was the platform to to bring people or to bring women of color up so that people can hear about their experiences and hear about their issues by the people that are affected so i think i definitely think there's there's definitely there's definitely a role as not only members of it but as to to be allies which involves listening and Making sure that the, the that the people who are affected most are the people whose voices are being heard. Um, to piggyback off of what M said, uh, I, and it's something that I mentioned a bit earlier, feminism can do a lot of good, uh, especially in the black community, as far as organized gender roles are concerned, because it, it can create a space where men who may not fit a particular stereotype have the freedom to be themselves without being shamed without feeling like they're they're less of a man or they're more feminine as if that's an insult or you know they can be themselves and not have to worry about any about any stigmas that may come with being themselves you know far too often we tell men that you know you can't be emotional you know stop being so sensitive you're supposed to be this you're supposed to be uh the uh, you're supposed to be the head you're supposed you're supposed to be this and that and you know people come in all uh, sizes shapes forms and personalities and not everybody is the same and 
there needs to be room for men especially, black men especially, where they can be themselves without feeling like they are not men or 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 that they are being silenced or, or they can't be themselves because society is telling them that the person that they are is not good enough. Um, I want to ask uh, Bruce if he's still with us because he's, he's been kind of dropping off but um, from his phone issues. But um, I do want to get your perspective on that. Do you feel that, because uh, you, again, like I said, you don't identify as a black feminist or as a feminist necessarily, but you are supportive of it. But as a, as a man, you know, who can't necessarily identify with the things that women go through, um, do you see the feminist movement including things that you do go through as a man? And um, and do you think it should or do you think it should not? Should it only exclusively be for issues that affect women? Or do you think it should, like a lot of books and and actually everyone has been saying is that there are things that men are hurt by under patriarchy or are affected by under patriarchy just in a different way. Um, what's your take on that? I mean, I think it's all connected. I think, first of all, I think that um, the main way men can help the black feminist movement is by understanding that it's necessary. Because the more men understand that it's necessary, the 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 more it's not necessary because people understand that these issues do exist and they think about it more often. So uh, I think that, first of all, I think that's something that needs to be uh, taken into consideration. And on top of that, I feel like it's all connected because, I mean, if, if, women have, if black women have issues, then black men have issues, you know what I'm saying? Because one doesn't exist without the other, you know what I'm saying? We need each other together. You know, as much as people like to say, like, well, we need to address the race issues first, you know what I'm saying? If we're divided, you know, how do you expect to address those issues? So um, I think that I think that it does play a role with men, and I think that, you know, like they were saying, um, you know, we have these gender roles and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? So according to this gender role, I'm supposed to act a specific way. Now, we're supposed to interact, but as a man, you know, I, I'm not supposed to show you how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Now, I hang out with my boys, and I have a relationship, you know, with a black female, but I'm supposed to be a player. I'm, sp- I'm supposed to be out chasing women because I'm a man, and that's what men do. So and now that's I'm what out. I you as a man, right, how many women you can sleep with. Exactly. And the thing is, so it's like a lot of times it's like, you know, I'm, I'm very open about who I am, and I, I don't care how men, other men view that. You know what I'm saying? I'm me. But a lot of times you have these guys, and, and they're in these relationships, and they do care for these women, but they're so busy trying to be a man. And that that causes problems because you're out trying to do all this stuff because you feel like that's who you're supposed to be because you're a man, and that's who your elder men have, which your elder men have told, told you to do. You know, how are you going to maintain a relationship? You know what I'm saying? So 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 then you're mistreating the black woman because you're too busy trying to be the black man, you know. So it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Um, do you think that if we inc- if these conversations are had more amongst men, that they would be more supportive of the feminist movement? Uh, I think if they're open to listening, because this is the thing. It's like you know. I mean, first of all, there is male privilege, 
Like you have to, we have to acknowledge that there's male privilege. Some people are they don't want to give that up. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, it's like you know, when you give that up, it, when the when the playing field is leveled, then you have to actually work for certain things that you didn't have to work as hard for before because you had that advantage of being a man. So yeah, I think it can help if these conversations are had because some people are just misinformed. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but when you have uh, Nicki Minaj looking ass nigga marketed as feminism and supporting women, you know what I'm saying, and men see that, they're like, wait, that's supporting women, but all she's doing is talking down on men. So I think that some men are just misinformed. So I think having these conversations would help. But I think we have to understand, you know, with anybody who's in a position of privilege, sometimes people just don't want to give up that position of privilege. So no matter how much sense you make, they're not trying to hear it because they understand that with that understanding, they're forfeiting the privilege that they now have. That's, that's actually a really good point. And um, to plug my shit, uh, <laughs> if you go to the realityisreal.com page, you can find my article that I actually comment or actually uh, write a commentary about Nicki Minaj's, uh, not only about her song looking at Nigga, but the idea that she said that it was meant to empower women. And I'll be honest with you, I do not feel empowered um, by bringing, by talking shit about men. I'm not even saying that I have a problem with her doing it necessarily because, I mean, there are, and she made a good, strong point that, you know, there are plenty of songs bashing women in hip-hop. And, you know, that, that occurs, and I'm not necessarily saying that she shouldn't do it because she's a woman, but we cannot market that and say, hey, yes, this is what feminism is. This is what female empowerment is. You're playing the hip-hop game of talking shit. That's one thing. But to market that and say that this is, you know, female empowerment, I personally don't feel empowered by that. You know, especially since Nicki Minaj is in a strong position, and we kind of talked about this um, uh, amongst ourselves, me and Noah, uh, saying that, you know, there are so many things that these artists could talk about. Nicki Minaj is in a great position to talk about, you know, the issues she faces as a woman in the business. Um, And I just talk about it like in an interview, so I'm sure she has. But I'm talking about making a song that addresses that as an issue, a song that talks about what she has to go through and how hard she has to work and how they have, how, you know, like that's what I want to hear because she is able to put out something substantive. She is able to talk about those issues that really would be more empowering, in my opinion. And I'm sure people would, um, you know, people have different opinions and disagree. People might, you know, hit me up on Twitter because they completely disagree with what I said in my article. But, um, and it wasn't a I don't attack Nicki at all, and I have no issues with Nicki Minaj as an artist. I mean, or I, well, I don't like her music, but I don't have an issue with her doing what she does. So what were you going to say? That, and, and I'm going to say that's the thing. I just think let's keep it 100 because, I mean, uh, the marketing of feminism that's often mislabeled feminism, even though it's not, I think it's bullshit. I mean, I'm not going to shoot down Nicki Minaj for her county. I mean, it's entertainment. She can say what she wants to say. But don't push it as feminism because you, you're you attaching what you did to the feminist movement. And, and so it's influencing people's opinion of what feminism is. So it's like when you have these people who are marketing something as feminism, and we had the conversation about Beyonce, you know, um, people are saying like, well, this is like women a woman power thing. You know what I'm saying? You just throw that on anything. I mean, I understand you're trying to make a dollar, but as a woman, you have to understand the necessity of the black, the, the black feminist movement, and you're hurting it. So it's like 
I know you want to make a profit and you want to make a dollar, but you're hurting the movement. And then, the, and then that turns back around because you're hurting this movement. That's why you're second fiddle in the industry you're in. That's why Nicki Minaj is a, is a, is a, is a background ornament in rap video shaking her ass as opposed to being, you know what I'm saying, an MC in the forefront because women are being marginalized and she's being marginalized as well. So she can't be one of the top dogs truly because women are being held back. And then you're hurting the black feminist movement, which in turn is hurting herself and where she stands in the rap game. I want to get um, Jasmine's uh, take on that. What do you What do you say? What's your opinion on that? Um, I um, I really don't listen to Nicki Minaj that much. I don't I don't really dig her. I kind of feel like I got it, and it was Little Kim pre surgery. So I'm good in that department. <laughs> I don't have a pro- I don't really have a problem with her as an artist. She's gonna do what she does. She's an entertainer. Um, when I don't think I'm not entitled to her pushing a message about anything really because she's an entertainer. Her job to entertain people. That's about it. It would be nice if she, you know, sometimes it would be nice if she felt compelled to express some things or whatever. But she doesn't have to. And I say that with any artist. No artist really owes us anything besides, hey, thanks for spending 15 bucks on my CD or whatever. You know, yeah, if they're, you, if they're you, you know, if they're about something, then that's if they're about something and they're and they put that in their music, then that's one thing. But they don't, they don't really have to, so it's okay. And I, I um, agree with you one percent. But I, cause I think with what I was the point I was making with Nicki Minaj isn't that I, I think she has to talk about those things, because I don't. However, if you're going to run around talking about you're making songs to empower women, then make songs that actually empower women. That's what my point. Right. Is. Uh, yeah. So right. I'm in I'm I'm agreement with you there. If you say that, oh, yeah, this song is to, you know, prop us up or, or you know, make us feel empowered, then it does it does sort of have to. I guess in that song, was she popping shit about men? Is she talking shit about men? She's, she's, she's tearing men down, and I kind of think that, while I understand it, if it's just going to be an angry song when you're, when you're popping shit or whatever, then let it be that. But don't, right. but don't, but you don't, I guess you don't yeah. necessarily have to say that you're, you know, that this is for women or whatever. Right. And I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to let, um, oh, go ahead. in a second, but um, I wanted to also say that I don't want to put this all on Nicki Minaj either, because this isn't a new thing, right. and I also point in the article, this is, uh, using feminism and using female empowerment to push products, even products that are completely opposite of what feminism is. Um, has been done over and over again. Like we, and I pointed this out with Virginia Slims. They're cigarettes. They kill you, you know. But somehow they they marketed this campaign. You know, you've come a long way. You know, as a woman, you you know, this is your right. Because there was a time when women were not allowed to smoke in public, and there were spaces where it was still taboo at all. But you know, we're not but to label that as some, now I'm empowered because I can now smoke a cancer stick is an issue, or the fact, or the market where right. you can do it. Powerful, and they're selling you cleaning products. You can do it. You're a right. woman, you know. Roar, and I'm going to sell you some Clorox. You know, that's that's my that's what I'm talking. So it's not Nicki Minaj. It's just an example of how feminism is marketed and how it is uh, how you just throw on the feminist label and just throw on this um, you know, this female empowerment. Oh, this is girl power. Like remember those 
like Barbie dolls and brass dolls and all these things that, uh, you know, I think help create uh, complexes and issues with body image, and we're throwing this female empowerment bullshit on it. You know, that's what I have a problem with. Right. Um, Brooke, I never, I never right. think the brats, like, seriously, I think they had the, they had the really big lips and the funky clothes and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess I never really took it seriously. I don't really take any of the any of the dolls seriously these days. I mean, they definitely. Well, it's not about taking you know, it seriously. It's not about taking it seriously, really. But it's more about what we're marketing as feminism, what we're marketing as empowerment. That's more so what I'm talking right. about. Right. I think and it goes back. Me, to kind of, I, yeah. Now, all I was going to say is that you know everything that you guys just said just kind of goes back to to Bruce's point that. That it, that it reinforces this image or this uh, this definition of feminism that is not feminism in any way, shape, or form. Because, you know, mm-hmm. as we've stated all throughout the show, most people are very uneducated about what feminism is and what it's, what it, and not necessarily what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but what it means to, to various people. And the common definition for people who, who don't know anything is that feminism is just, you know, a way for women to bash men. It's, it's for women who hate men and want them to be eradicated. And songs like uh, Nicki Minaj's song, as well as, you know, um, probably tons of others that I'm unaware of because I don't really look for that stuff. Um, the, all, that, all that stuff does is just is just further promote, you know, misconceptions as to what feminism is and makes the, the makes people who are trying to have productive conversations and actually try to educate people about what it is and why it's a good thing and how it can how it helps it it, it only hurts that. Right. And that's, that's, all that's, that's yeah, right. to the point that Bruce had made. Um you were gonna jump in, Jasmine? Yeah, I agree with that. And I also um I worry about that, and I also worry about um, mainstream feminism's attempts to rebrand it because now they, they're sort of catching on to the fact that there might be a problem with how people uh, see mainstream feminism, you know, a.k.a. white feminism, which is pretty much what it is. Of course, when we try to have discussions about it now, now they're, all getting, now they're getting their panties in a bunch and calling all the all the black feminists and call them out on their shit bullies and mean girl feminism and shit. You know, let and me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I, I saw that shit. Let me. Oh, I have a big issue with that. <laughs> and I know this kind of takes us away from the discussion about uh, about men and all that. You know, and whether and how they're engaged in the movement and you know all that. The whole point of my uh, later segment. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just take it there. I really fucking cannot stand these white feminists who want to turn around and call black women bullies or women of color feminists bullies because we call them out on their fucking bullshit. How is that being bullied? You know, and you have a lot of fucking nerve as a white person who's supposedly enlightened, who's supposedly liberal, who's supposedly progressive, who's supposedly is someone who's uh, well understanding of these issues, and you sit up here and you, have, you call black women bullies, only highlighting your ignorant racism. To me, that's like shouting reverse yep. racism. When the entire time you've had a movement that excluded us, a whole time you've had a movement that did not incorporate issues that we were dealing with. For example, the, uh, I remember when I was in college, I had to read a book called The Second Shift, and it was about all these women 
wrote a whole, my, my professor had us reading this, and everybody's in the discussions, talking of, in our discussion groups in the class, talking about, yeah, it sucks. Women have been fighting to work, and now we, we, we get to work, and now we still got to come home and do housework. Guess what, motherfucker? Black women been doing that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that shit wasn't an issue in 19, that shit, that shit didn't become an issue in 1980. No, it became an issue for you as a white woman in 1980. We, who who yeah. the fuck was in your house all those other decades before? We were busy raising your children, cleaning your motherfucking house, and now you got the nerve your fucking cotton. Picking your motherfucking cotton so you can lay up in the bed. You know what I mean? And sit up here and got the nerve to get on uh, 2014 talking about we bullies when your entire movement has been exclusive to, has been exclusive to you and your fucking issues. So I have a really big yep. issue right. with that. Damn, hey, you guys already know. Yeah, you, are, you guys basic, already know yeah, call, in the in the I main scope of things, Jackie. white tears matter so much more than the voices of women in color. Women up. Yeah, but white women's oh, tears yeah. are so delicious. They are. I put them in coffee every morning. They're fucking delicious. Ba- basic Becky feminism, what I call it. And uh, a woman I follow, Feminist, yeah, Feminist Jones. I'm going to steal lady that. I follow. Yeah, she calls it Miss Melly feminism. It's hard because you know Miss Melly's you, in the color purple. I've always cared. I've always cared for you, people. I've always cared for you. Come on. I've always cared for you, people. Oh, you know what? I, have you guys seen that meme? That it's like one of the funniest memes. It's a picture of a white woman on the computer, and in the background there's a Latina woman. Uh, I think she's either cleaning or doing something with some kids. And then uh, you put the caption reads, "Now I'm free to do my feminism." As this Latina is in the background doing her work. <laughs> you know what I mean? This white woman's like, doing her feminism. <laughs> I have to find that picture. But that's the quote. It says, now I'm free to do my feminism. And sometimes that's how I see it. And I'm getting a little hype right now because I really, I, admit, I probably should have did this on the air, talk about this on the air, but I have some really big issues with the white feminist movement. And one of the things that I have a big issue with is I, I became involved in a lot of feminist uh, groups and organizations, not a lot, but like a couple out here in L.A. I, I, want, I really am tempted to say their name. I really am, but I, don't, I think I'm going to uh, spare them. But um, and I don't even want to give them the publicity. But I, I went to their events, and I went to their panel discussions, and I went to their conferences, and I started finding myself getting really fucking pissed off. But for one thing, I go to these panel discussions, and you have these, you have like their token black black girl with natural hair. They always have the token, you know. And then they have, who mm-hmm. doesn't really say much of anything. And then you have all these other white people talking about issues. Who's like some rich white male up there? And uh, in fact, at this particular panel discussion, with a rich white guy saying, "Yeah, we need to sell T-shirts that empower girls," and uh, which sounds doesn't sound bad on the surface. Then he says, "We yeah, we can sell them at Fred Spiegel." Fred Spiegel is a store. It's, it's overly expensive. It's only in like two places in L.A., I believe, and uh, it's. it's it's not definitely not in a black neighborhood. It's a totally in rich white areas, and this. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so it's empowering girls only for rich white girls. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he had the nerve to tell some story about how his nanny. Gave, and this is a white guy with his white wife. His nanny gave his black daughter a, a white Barbie doll, and he was just like, oh, it was like giving her a loaded gun. And, you know, what could we do to her self-esteem and her body? And I'm thinking to myself, well, fuck it, her mama white. Like, what are you talking about? The first yeah. thing that most girls is their mother. And the mother's white. So what are you talking about? I don't think the doll is as big of an issue. <laughs> and it 
kind of like those kind of those kind of panel discussions that they'd have. My the tipping point with this with these people though was they would have these what they call lady dinners, and basically uh, all all of us who are in media, um, who are part of the movement, feminist movement, would meet up and they send an email asking for suggestions. So you know, my ass suggested all the black owned businesses in South LA, <laughs> black owned restaurants in South LA. And they didn't choose not a one of them. In fact, they didn't even go south of the 10 freeway, meaning if you're not from L.A., you probably don't understand what that means. But uh, basically south of the 10 freeway is where blacks and Latinos are, and it's a lower-income neighborhood. North of the 10 is where, you know, a lot of the richer areas downtown, uh, Beverly Hills, all those things are north of of this particular freeway. And they wouldn't choose anything. In fact, I even said, why don't we do some Mexican food? They found a Mexican restaurant. In fucking Venice, in a white area, they, why not just come? Why, why not East LA or South LA, where all the Latinos actually are? But that's where the good of, Mexican food is at. Right, the, the actual <laughs> bomb ass Mexican food is at. But they want to take some bougie ass spot in a white neighborhood every single time. And I can't figure why we have to keep supporting these women's establishments when there are black and Latino owned establishments that you know that in air in South LA and East LA. But they never chose those things. So that was kind of my issue was just, you know, on the surface they're like, yeah, equality, we support black women and your issues and blah, blah, blah. But in reality they don't. And that's, I know that's kind of a long rant, but that's really been my perspective. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had any experiences, especially Jasmine or Emily and also Brooke, um, or you said you're kind of new to it, but, um, you know, have you guys had any experiences with white feminists? I know Jasmine spoke about um, the online responses, but Emily, have you had any uh, encounters with white feminists or white feminism? Um, yes and no. The, I do know many white feminists. Um, I'm, I'm a friends and acquaintances with a few, but I've never um, ha- um, been in a group setting with them um, because I already knew that I, you know, what I was going, what, what I would possibly have to face in that scenario. I've always used feminism from the lens of being black, of, of being black and also being a Caribbean woman, being Haitian and the way that feminism could be interpreted in my culture, in my nationality, my ethnic group, before anything else. And I've only been able to relate to feminism in similar communities, like Hispanic communities, um, other Caribbean communities, um, because the problems are near identical. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's even different than, um, you know, typical um, feminism for the um, black American woman. So... Uh-huh. To me, I'm like, you know, they don't really have anything to offer. You know, you might want equality, and we both have vaginas, but mm-hmm. your sex equality is a bit closer, a lot closer than mine. Uh-huh. I hear you. I totally, and that's, you know, and that's something else that I, I wanted to address, and you kind of, you just reminded me of what you said. Um, Bell Hooks talks about, and this is one of the, uh, Bell Hooks, uh, Fitness Series, one of the points that she makes, that uh, hit me the hardest, and I didn't even finish this book. And I, you know, I'm only pretend to be some social justice academic because I'm not. I just know when I see them and I read the fucking news. So don't, you know, all you social justice academics, I ain't one of y'all, but I do know shit. But anyway, <laughs> I was reading feminist theory, and one of the points that Bell Hooks makes is that um, white women's fight in feminism is to, is to be equal to their white men. That's not black women. We're not trying to be equal to black men because black men ain't got shit either. <laughs> Our goal is for <laughs> equality for all, not to be, we're, you know, does that make sense? You know, the point that Bill Hooks made that I really stuck out to me that I never actually thought about. So I read that and I was like, wow, I, you know, 
women have a certain level of privilege and a certain level of access, and their fight is very different. They don't understand the same issues. Their incarceration rates are not nearly as high as black women's incarceration rates. Mm-hmm. You know? With uh, getting, we, get, we still get paid. Women get paid less than men, but black women are still paid less than white women. Yeah. That doesn't get Our issues are totally, are totally different from white women. And it's just, you know, they, so the way that they try to market the message of, you know, feminism and being empowered, they just, they, they, Bell Hooks talks about it. They, they sort of went about it wrong, number one, by the focus on, you know, men, have, so men are the oppressor and women are the oppressed, and that's it, without any nuance as to how the perpetuation of, of patriarchy imprisons both of us, you know. Uh, and, it, and it's, you know, like, oh, well, you need to do this, and it will, like, save you from your life and stuff like that. And it's just like, no, that's why even even working class women who were white didn't, couldn't co-sign it because it's like you guys are talking about getting work. You want to work because you want to feel empowered. So, of course, you do because you're middle class and you have money and you're not really doing much. Meanwhile, we're poor and we have to work. And then we have to come home and deal with our families and raise our children and blah, 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 and deal with the little whatever microaggressions or sexism that we have to deal with from our own men. We get it, but we don't see them as the enemy because these are our fathers, our husbands, our brothers, you know, people that we love. You know what I mean? That are also also oppressed. Yeah, they are oppressed. They're also oppressed with us, so it's like, it's hard to see, like, how how can, what are you doing to me? How are you oppressing me? And, you know, just realizing that, hey, you know, via sexism, that is how that happens. That is what we deal with, but we think it's normal. A lot of, like M said a while back, a lot of, a lot of problematic behavior that happens is normalized. Way too much of it is normalized, and I see it a lot on Twitter, on Facebook. Way too much bullshit is normalized, and people think that, oh, it's, you know, that's just that it is what it is, you know? I thank you so much for that. And um, we are actually over on our overtime, and I, oh, so I got, <laughs> my goal was like 15 to 20 minutes, and then we're like, we're a half hour, we're like 38 minutes over. But that's fine. I actually appreciate all the conversation, all the points that were made. And I want to give everyone an opportunity to close out um, officially off the podcast even. Um, and I'm going to play some songs, play a few songs uh, to get us all the way out of the show. And um, right now, I want you guys to, again, tell us where we can find you. Um, Brooke, where can people find you? What, is your, what are your next products? I know you have a show coming up, so you want to plug all that real quick again? Yep. Google me. No. Um, <laughs> no um, as I mentioned earlier, Noah and myself, we have a show coming up uh, next Wednesday uh, on race and gender in video games at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here on Black Freethinkers Network. Then, and I, I should have plugged this earlier, two weeks after that, so on the 26th, one, we'll be celebrating Noah's birthday, and two, Yay. we'll be doing our very first, our first of a few shows on uh, Afrofuturism. If you're unaware of what that is, it's sort of like black sci-fi, and it's going to be a really dope show. 
So make sure you, make sure you definitely tune in for that. Uh, aside from that, you can catch me on Twitter at MC underscore Brooks. Uh, I have the same name on everything, so you can find my YouTube, my Reverb Nation, Facebook, mm-hmm. all of that, all on the on the same site. So Google me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brooks. And uh, you're so hilarious, uh, Emmalyn. Where can what, when's your next show? Plug your show again, and where can people find you? My next show will be um, next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the Emma Evil Show with my awesome co-host, Mario Ultra Evil. We'll be talking about something fantabulous, though we don't know what it is yet. So tune in at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next Friday. Awesome. Jasmine, let's plug you up again. YouTube, who are you? Where can we find you? Okay, you can find my channel at youtube.com slash user slash JPT. That's J-P-K-E-I-T-T. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Foxy Jezebel. All right. Um, Bruce, you want to go ahead and plug your stuff again? I have to show. I'm going to go a little bit slow this time. So it's um, at Brilliance on Twitter, spelled incorrectly on purpose. B-R-I-L-L-Y-A-N-C-E. That's me on Twitter. Realityisreal.com. That's the website. Uh, got some stuff on there. On you Facebook. Are... Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, you're, you're probably going to do exactly what I was going to ask you about, but go ahead. Okay. On Facebook. Now, I have discussion groups that are tied to the website. Uh, Facebook.com backslash groups. R is R Real Talk. Facebook.com backslash group R is R Sports Talk. Facebook.com backslash groups R is R Hip Hop Talk. And then, of course, uh, the, the, the website for the radio show, blogtalkradio.com backslash realityisreal.com, spelled out D O T C O M. So that's me all over the net. I have a bunch of other accounts I can't remember off the top of my head. So those are the things I'm focused on right now. For sure. Um, thank you again to everyone. Thank you to Emmalyn, my co-host. Thanks to my dope-ass panelists. That's going to be my official name for all my panelists, the dope-ass panelists. That's just the official name. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> like I, only get, I just get dope people. That's just what it is, and I'm really happy about that. Um, and I like again, like, I said this earlier in the in our previous outro when we were on the live show. But I do truly thank you guys for helping me produce this show because that's basically what you guys did and helped me come up with songs, helped me come up with concepts, the articles, everything. And I really appreciate all of your help, helping me decide what you know order the songs we're gonna go in. Those of you guys who helped me with that, like I can't even thank you guys enough and let you guys know how much I appreciate this because this show meant a lot to me, especially this particular episode. And um, I'm very grateful that you guys. You know, push yourself to stay on this line, even though I'm sure you guys have jobs and things you to do and, you know, important things are important to you that you would like to take care of. And I, and I want you to know that I'm very grateful and I'm very appreciative for helping me make this what it is. Cause I could it's already Friday out. here. I love you guys, but I love sleep more. Night. <laughs> Bye, Emily. <laughs> good night, Em. All right. Good night, everybody. And, and, and everyone else who's on the line, you can thank you so much. And, um. I hope you guys, you know, catch you guys next time. Another show will be in two weeks. I do this show every other Thursday. Um, I might switch the time between 6.30 and 7. So, you know, just got to pay attention to my Facebook. Thank you, everybody. And uh, I'm going to close out with some Jill Scott. 
because I love her. And I'm going to play some more songs uh, to those guys who are on the podcast and you want to hear some of the music. I got a bunch. Any woman that doesn't love Jill Scott isn't a woman. Just saying. Oh, my God. Here okay. you go. Oh, I just want to say that. <laughs> if you don't like Jill Scott, you got problems. Okay. As you can see, we have a Jill Scott groupie on the line. On the line. <laughs> I'm just saying. Man, that's two of us. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys. Do you hear this, Jasmine? Mm-hmm. I like him built mm-hmm. for tough. Jill yeah, Scott is amazing. She she is amazing, and I have a lot of love and respect for her. So I'm going to go ahead and play How It Make You Feel. Uh, I wanted to play this earlier, but I didn't get the chance. Time was running out. But, again, thank you, everybody, and good night. And if you just want to listen to the music, stay on. Good night.
do it for the people. I do it for the love. I do it for the poets. I do it for the thugs. This is for victory. And this is for the slaughter. I do it for my mother. I do it for my daughter. Promise I always love you. I love to kiss and hug you. You and your brother should be looking out for one another. I'm so blessed, man. Y'all the reason I got up. Somebody put his hands on you. I'm getting locked up. I'm not playing. That's the prayer I'm saying for Diani. And if I die, then she'll be protected by Amani. That's a bigger brother, and I love the way he love her. She a girly girl, she loves to imitate her mother. But she a Gemini, so stay on the friendly side. She'll put that look on you, it's like somebody friend to die. My pretty black princess smells sweet like that incense that you buy at the bookstore supporting black business. Teaching what black is, the fact is, a parent of thorough. She four reading cornrows by Camille Yarborough. I keep her hair braided, bought her a black Barbie. I keep her mind free, she ain't no black zombie. This is for Aisha, this is for Kashira, this is for Khadija, scared to look up in the mirror. I see the picture clearer through the stain on the frame. She got a black old name, she live in black old pain. This is for my keeper, and for my mama Sita. What's really good, ma? I'll be your promise keeper. I see the picture clearer through the stain on the frame. She got a black old name, she live in black old pain.
matter what the time of day is Playing piano, I'm on my rap, I'm a day is. I think I'm Beethoven Got Joplin, won't stop rocking Cause y'all are not popping World's never seen a lyrically better queen Rhymes waking up their minds like amphetamine Check out the sheen on my diamond glow, can't fade it In the jewels that the Beers family can't trade it You can't rock it on a chain, stop it from Jacob You gotta tap your inner plane It's sleep waking, we in the fifth dimension now And I'ma lead the way Drake told you thank him later, thank me today This higher rap, you don't feel it, I ain't mad at all Came to get your mind open like a status call Sitting it open like lobotomy procedures Got us to speak deeper, providing you straight ether If I was on some R&B, I'd probably be Aretha But I've been on that science if I can follow the leader Whatever you believe, philosophy or the creed This is illumination music, this is what you need I'm waking your kundalini serpent Tapping your brain Activating all seven circuits My vision is clear Never felt this in tune Listen to bear like a bride Before she kiss a broom So high I can kiss the moon Touch the perimeter The devil's busy So we gotta stay busier Is that the reason That the foes wanna test her Told them I'm a diamond That's a cold under pressure Six-pointed star Called the tetrahedron Come out your root chakra Defeat your lesser demons Oh yes I'm dreaming Even when awake That I know I am invading your subconscious DiCaprio Peace, I'm actually projecting from this hell I'm leaving You're late, homie, we've been in the 2012 season World, your beauty's limitless. Don't be disillusioned by these artificial images. Keeping the glow, we naturally illuminate. Why are women getting hydraulic for their gluteus? Maximus, your attractiveness is a divine you. Just gotta fine tune. Let me remind. 